interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 84 of Not a Robot Podcast, DZ Comics Review Show. As always, I have my amazing co-hosts here with me, Rob Soundoff. I'm not Batman. I'm not. No, you are not. You are you are Plastic Man, or Elongated Man, whichever you prefer. That's right. <laughs> yes. And Josh. Hello, humans. <clears throat> Today on the show, we will be covering Arkham City, Order of the World, Batman, Detective Comics, Justice League Incarnate, War for Earth 3, and Suicide Squad, uh, as well as some spotlights that we'd like to make you aware of. And of course, make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books for the week, our biggest thinker, and to find out which titles might just make the dump list. But if you'd like to support us further, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash podcasts for either a one-time donation or subscription or access to our Discord, as well as other exclusive content available on the network. But with all that said, let's get into some news. Guys, what's new in the comics world this week? Um, I pulled up a bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, well, not a bunch, but I pulled up a bunch of little stuff here. Um, Rob, did you have anything you wanted to go before I started off on my big list? Uh, yeah, I got a couple of small things. Um, actually, I'll, I'll start small and work my way to bigger. How about that? And then we can go right big into your bigger things. Sure. Something that's a little near and dear to my heart that I'm very happy actually happened this week. Legends of Tomorrow, season finale, hopefully season 8 happens. Season 7 finale happened on Wednesday, and we got confirmation on Donald Faison's character, and the introduction was perfect, and they... They dropped obvious hints, but they didn't actually name him until the end of the episode, and it was friggin' perfect, and I will not spoil it for you. If you have not seen it, if you're interested in watching it, if you've not seen it, I will not spoil it. But he does see Is it Booster Gold? Mike. Oh? Okay. Yeah. And, and when he first appears, he plays golf with a yellow ball that has a blue star on it, so... <laughs> So we were right then. Yeah, it's, it was it was so obvious, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but at at the end, he he gets and full spoiler alert. He he gets arrested, and the cops say, uh, "Stop talking, Buster. You're coming with us." And he says, "It's not Buster. I keep telling you, it's Booster. I'm Booster Gold." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. We do yeah. that all the time here. Be right. That is. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. Exactly. All right, now we just need Zach Braff in as Blue Beetle, and yes. everything will be right in the world. Yes, perfect. Or I thought Zach Braff could even play Skeets, but I think it'd be a perfect Ted Cord. Mm-hmm. I think he would be a good Ted Cord, but now that you said the voice for Skeets, I'm like oh. seriously down for that. Hang on, I have an even better idea. You have Zach Braff as Ted Cord, but then you have John C. McGinley as Skeets. <laughs> Wait, who played the janitor? That was Neil Flynn. Oh, he'd be good as Skeets, too. But I, I feel like Dr. Cox as Skeets would be amazing. Just so sarcastic <laughs> the whole time. That would be epic. We're just going to move the entire fucking cast of Scrubs into Legends of Tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> I'm awesome. all for that. Um, 
I could go on complaining about new number ones and how Marvel announced that in April they're relaunching Amazing Spider-Man with a brand new number one and two issue for exactly five issues until July when number 900 comes out and then the same writer creative team and run will just go number six will be number 900 why wow. I have no clue it seems really pointless we had a big discussion about number ones and the ups and downs of, of where new number ones come into play but this one just seems really friggin pointless I'm not gonna um, rant about yeah. it right now I, I could go on I would yeah. <laughs> um, apart from that Tom Taylor dropped a big teaser last week uh, a single image with a title called Deceased, but the second E is a three, so we're getting a third big book in the Deceased line, and it says Deceased. all things must come to an end. Yep. And uh, Tom er, Taylor said right. that this will, this is definitely the last Deceased book we'll get. Yeah. Before he, he revealed the title, he did post a couple of teaser images saying Darkseid isn't. You know, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Yeah, Darkseid is, but now this time he isn't, and I'm thinking he isn't gone. That could be. That very well could be. Yeah. He, he's going to come back with a vengeance. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Yeah. yeah. Should be a yeah, damn good... Should be a damn good story. The the other ones were at least I thought oh, yeah. so. I loved it. I loved the entire run, all four all four books so far. Yeah, four books. Yep. All right, uh, that's that's all I've got. So that led right into the biggest news I've got. So now we can get into your big news. All right. Um. I well, I don't know that there's it's a bunch of big news, but I do have a lot of it. Um, Garth Ennis. He is apparently returning to the Punisher character with a brand new story coming out. It's going to be set in Vietnam and it's going to co-star Nick Fury. So that should be interesting. Um, we've got fables, black label return, which I am super excited for. And it result, it involves the resurrection of a long dead character, but they're not telling us who it is. If it's not, if it's not the 20th anniversary this year, it's really damn close to it. And um, it's going to be a whole 12-issue arc, and I'm really looking forward to it because apparently it's picking up right where one number 150 left off, but you can jump right in and not worry about it. So that's cool as hell. Oh, nice. Uh, the team behind Rorschach, and we all know how much I love that one. We got Tom King, Jorge Fornes, and Dave Stewart. They are coming back together for a new Black Label series. And it's going to be a somewhat of an offbeat Justice League, a, a weird Justice League. They're calling it Danger Street, and it's going to star Starman, Metamorpho, and Warlord. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. It's such a weird choice of characters. Yeah, it's, it's I, all the uh, the DC firsts from the seventies. It's a very specific yep. niche, so yeah. you're gonna have. Uh, I think Green Team was mentioned, um, Lady Cop, um, basically wow. all of DC's attempts, with the exception of a couple of like kickstarting new characters and new series. Um, again, with the exception of you know a character like Warlord or Metamorpho, who actually did carry their own series for a while. 
Um, although, you know, between you and me, the only person who should ever be writing Warlord is, is uh, Mike Grell. No one else oh, should be doing yes. Warlord. Um, ever. Those comics are, are great. And it surprised the hell out of me. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. Uh, yeah, at least this uh, later, latest iteration with Grell writing it. Yeah, I mean, you know, he still does drawing, and, uh, and I don't know how much writing he or does. Drawing, excuse it, me. It's um, yeah, it's uh, it would it would be nice to see him back in a in a Warlord book. I don't know his 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 Warlord. I feel like is like the only one that really works. I think he was in like Young Justice for a little bit, the Bendis Young Justice, and I was like, you know, nope. One person who it, should yeah. be writing uh, a warlord, and that's that's Mike Rell, So, have you ever read any of the old stuff? Uh, yeah, it's 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 um, surprisingly entertaining. Um, it and, really is. Uh, I mean, you know, a lot of those sword and sorcery books just kind of blob together. The '70s sword and sorcery books, with the exception of like uh, Conan or. Um, I have a soft spot for um, Orion, I think it is. Orion mm-hmm. something of Atlantis. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Warlord is, a, is an interesting one, a, a surprisingly entertaining one. Um, and, and, Indeed and Very influenced by, uh, by Jack Kirby at points, I think, that, that some people don't even realize, um, which is interesting. Indeed. Um, uh, a little blip with the upcoming, uh, what is it? I, hell, I can't even remember the name of the series. Curse of the White Knight shit with, uh, they're taking it to Batman Beyond. And apparently Sean Murphy has said that they are going to confirm in canon that Terry McGinnis is half Asian. Um, I feel like that kind of stuff just shouldn't be a big, huge point anymore. We don't need... To explain it to people, just make it so. Yeah. Everybody thought it. Anyway, uh, fans of renowned Marvel and DC artist George George Perez are apparently petitioning, and if you if you support it, get in on it. But they are petitioning President Joe Biden to award him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I think mm. that's pretty neat. <laughs> uh, something that I have no idea what that means, but it sounds oh, it's sure. it's it's the highest honor you can get um, in the United States. Uh, okay, biggest award. Uh, oh, something that should definitely make Brandon happy or skeptical, depending on his point of view. Amazon came out and said, "Look, we know Comicsology is screwed up. We promise we're going to fix it as soon as possible." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, something that I love, uh, I've, I've always loved the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics, and it has been over 20 years since the first female Ninja Turtle had, has, has been in the comics. Her name is Venus, and she's finally going to be coming back at number 127. Nice. Uh, we got... Batman 123, I couldn't help but check this out. There's going to be a backup story starring Deathstroke, and and they're going to have him under the influence of Joker Toxin. Oh. Yeah. And then, finally, um, I saw this on the internet, too. Robin number 14, the very end of Shadow War. 
is going to uh, end with Rachel Gould dying and potentially Talia as well. See, that sounds like the kind of thing you'd want to save for the book and not put in a press release. Right. You would think, but hey. You know, I, me personally, save that shit for the solicits and don't allow people to, 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 to put it in articles. <laughs> That's yeah. just me. That is all the news that I've got for today. A couple things that I absolutely love. The Ninja Turtles thing for sure. And Fables. And I might actually read an Ennis, Punisher, and Nick Fury book. That would be pretty neat. Yeah, you should uh, check out... um, Oh, Christ. Um... It's like a whole saga. It's like Fury, Fury, my war gone by, um, Punisher born, and um, there was another one that he did with Grand Parlov in like 2017, which was the first Ennis Punisher I ever read. Um, I don't remember the name, but it's like it's basically the whole saga of because you know obviously Art Garth Ennis did Punisher Max, and that right. was basically like if Frank had always you know, remained a, a, a Vietnam War vet instead of, you know, being moved along the sliding timeline to be in Iraq and all the other modern wars. Um, what would that look like? And that was Punisher Max, obviously. I'm sure most people know that. Um, and then, you know, basically came back and did like a bunch of of prequel books of um, Frank's time during the war. Um, Punisher Born and the other one that I don't remember and then Fury, My War Gone By. Um, I think all those are set during Vietnam. Um, and so I, I'm sure this one will just like, to the canon. If yeah, I had to guess, Duran Parlov will probably be trying it again because Duran Parlov seems to always do these. It's not going to be Derek Robertson who did Punisher Born because he's doing DC stuff now, or at least it seems that way. Um, and he's got to make sure he keeps up with Space Bastards over at um, Humanoids. Um, so yeah, probably won't be him. If I had to guess, it's probably going to be Grant. Garth Ennis has like three collaborators that he does regularly. <laughs> used to be Steve Dillon, but, uh, or used to be, the fourth used to be Steve Dillon, but he's no longer with us. Um, but it's, yeah, Grant Parlov, um, um, oh, crap. <laughs> my, my brain is kind of foggy right now, so the names are not, not jumping out at me. Um, Welcome to the party, uh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Grand Parlov, Russ Braun, and what is the other guy's name? Derek Robertson. Um, no, it's um, – I got to Google it. We're taking a break. Um, what is it? Uh, it's the one he did a walk through hell with. Um, Grant Grand you're open. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Grant, Grant Parlov, Grant Suzuka, and Russ Braun are like the three that he works with the most often, it seems. So, probably one of those three, if you wanted to know. Well, I had no idea, so thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think we are all done with the news, so we could probably jump into the spotlight reviews right after I say, fuck comics, Gators. Amen. <laughs> yeah, no uh, no arguments here. No rant. Simple statement. <laughs> Sometimes it's <laughs> all you need. Meanwhile, 
of justice, the super friends keep doing spotlight reviews. Yes, yes we do. <laughs> uh, with our first spotlight for the week, uh, a kind of a, a, a strange uh, six-issue miniseries that um, I'm not really sure why it exists, but it's here, um, called Batman Killing Time. Um, I, I didn't even mean that in a derogatory way. It's just kind of like, uh, it, it's just kind of there. Um, but uh, So is, many characters uh, that aren't being published but right now, but you know what we need? Another Batman. <laughs> yeah, we need yeah. we need some more Batman because uh, we have a movie coming out, and and coincidentally, three out of the four characters, uh, villains at least, uh, that are on this cover, are going to be in the movie that's uh, out right now. Uh, so, Isn't that uh, hey, so weird? I know huh. it's it's rather strange, but hey, sometimes you oh, can yeah. uh, you can you can use what may look like it's meant to be synergy as a, as a way to tell a, a fun story. Um, but what is that story? Well, uh, I'll let you know what the story is once I get through the creative team, which is uh, Tom King with art from uh, David Marquez. Always exciting to see him. Uh, colors yes. from Alejandro Sanchez and letters from Clayton Cowles. Uh, the premise is very simple. Three of Gotham's villains, Riddler, I almost said Penguin, um, <laughs> Riddler, Croc, and Catwoman are involved in a heist at Gotham First National Bank. Uh, a rather crazy heist that um, is has like multiple layers and stuff, um, and uh, and really it's just kind of showing all these different angles while uh, the narration kind of provides you with uh, a, a you know play by play description of exactly what these villains are doing at the time. Um, so definitely a very interesting layout, interesting setup. Um, I feel like it's kind of an issue that you have to read for yourself which is why i'm not going to go too much into detail on the plot um but uh, suffice it to say i think this is um going to be an interesting one for uh, for tom king at least and that it's it's very action focused um and uh so far really going to give you uh, yeah going to give you a lot of uh a lot of cool moments for your money um as, especially in this first issue which is is definitely driving home the the action and the drama and the suspense and everything so i would say check it out yeah i mean it's 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 pretty solid so far um and i would give this an eight out of ten not essential probably not you know your your tom king tm book that you might expect like a strange adventures or an omega men but it's it's fun it's fun for what it is so eight out of ten and uh stunning artwork from david marquez but i don't need to tell you that just pick up the book and you can see for yourself Okay. Did you just call Strange Adventures a good run? No, I just said it's a Tom King TM book. It's, uh, oh, it's, gotcha. You know, okay. It's what you would expect. Um, though I did enjoy uh, Strange Adventures. Yeah, three out of 12 ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, the first thing I did when I opened this book was say, Tom King, Batman. Didn't they learn their damn lesson? <laughs> The second thing I said, why does Selene have blonde hair? Apparently, I'm assuming that that's a wig. It better be a damn wig. It, it uh, was. Like, yeah, she took it off later in the issue. Okay, I, don't, I didn't remember seeing that. But uh, yeah. David Marquez and Alejandro Sanchez, which is like him and Tomu Mori are my two favorite colorists in the whole world. And uh, they, this team, Marquez and Sanchez, they just make this book beautiful I love for dave stewart or uh, laura martin or 
I feel like there's so many colors that I could just name. Um, a lot of female colors, too. I don't know why that is, but um, just so many amazing ones off the top of my head. That uh, it's, Oh, it's hey, don't get – I love Jordi Belair as a colorist, but Marquez and Sanchez are my Tamara Bonvillain, Laura Martin. Yeah. Laura Martin's amazing. Oh, my God. I could go back to planetary at any time and just like it's like looking at, at, at a beautiful it. sunset. It's it's incredible. Laura Martin and uh, and and John Cassidy, the dream team, um, and uh, and John John Justin Ponzer, rest in peace. So many great colors. Fair enough. Um, you are you guys sitting down? Oh no. <laughs> so far I think that this is Tom King's strongest opening issue under any publisher doing any title to date and that's with me finding a typo that said <laughs> that said why all the pointless dialogue stuff man I mean every single book looks the exact same we've got the torn little piece of paper on every fucking panel Granted, it's 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 not covering up the artwork. It's not dominating the fucking page like it would with Bendis, but still, it's completely fucking unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. And speaking of unnecessary, why do we need flashbacks to Greece? Yeah, no idea. But yeah. that said, the story does have decent bones, and I do give everything a fair shake, even if I have preconceived notions about the artists creative teams, excuse me, ability, and uh, speaking specifically of King here. But ultimately, like I said, strongest opening issue he's ever had, and I gave this a 7.25. Yeah, so this this was definitely a lot better than I thought it would be. I, I did give it an 8 out of 10. Um, like we said, the art, just beautiful stuff, really good. I agree uh, about the history lesson in ancient Greece. I, I was enjoying the ride the entire time, excess dialogue or not, until we got to the history lesson. I just thought, what? why is this here? You interrupted perfectly good story and killed the momentum for one or two pages of something completely different. This isn't yep. Monty Python. This is fucking Batman. Uh, Monty Kingthon. <laughs> it, the thing that bugs me is that if we're gonna do that and it's gonna pop up in here, that means we're going to have flashbacks to fucking Greece in every single issue. Now that being said, I, if I understand King by now, it's definitely a big hint at the overall story and the plot, and that this whole subplot with ancient Greece is going to have major tie-ins or ramifications or just be a giveaway to the story by issue five or six or whatever. It's, it's all going to connect somehow. But honestly, <laughs> I just don't, I don't even friggin' want that. I, I was enjoying it so much as just like a, a switch off the tube and just like absorb the action kind of story. And now you're making me think about stuff. I don't want to think about stuff when I'm reading this. I was having such a good time not thinking and just watching Croc and Batman punch each other. It was great. Right? How could you not love that? <laughs> yeah. But still, it's a great start. We'll see where it goes. 8 out of 10 for me. 
All right, I guess I'll do Monkey Prince next. Yeah, Monkey Prince number two. Monkey Prince number two, written by Jean Lung Yang, with art from Bernard Chang and Sebastian Chang. Letters came from Jenny Shang, and there were no cover credits, but the art style says it's probably the same as the interior team. So if you missed the last issue, it ended with Batman accidentally cutting off the monkey prince's head with a, a batarang. That's where this picks up. Batman and Robin are trying to take the head and body, which is still moving, talking, and fighting, but Shifu Piggy rescues him before his fear turns him all the way back human, and he dies from decapitation. Robin Jones joins the school as a reporter and starts investigating what's going on, Meanwhile, the penguin, for some reason, is stealing key, or the life force, of his cronies and probably more people as the series goes on. The monkey prince wants to give his powers back, but he can't, and by the end of the issue, it looks like he's cool with them. I love the first issue. This one still has pretty good art, but the voices for Batman and Robin were so far off, it was distracting, it sounded like... A it, it read like a uh, an Adam West Batman book. Their voices, Batman, uh, th- that was written specifically for children. It was horrible. It is probably the worst Batman voice I have read since Bendis um, did Ducktales. <laughs> uh, I am seriously disappointed because issues number zero and one told me that this was going to be fantastic. And it was not. I really hope it changes next issue. Because this one got a 6.5 out of me. Well then. Uh, yeah, I had a completely different idea. <laughs> I, I agree <laughs> that uh, Batman and Robin's voices were a little off. Though Damien later on seemed a little more... Uh, on the on uh, on the ball about the voice, I guess I should say. Uh, I'm I'm just sick of Batman already. It's <laughs> so freaking much Batman. Is I I'm having such a good time reading about the Monkey Prince and his adventure. I just don't want to give the light of day to Batman. Not that he'd take it anyway, because he's a creature of the night. But I I don't want to give him the the moonlight either. Just go to sleep. That being said. This is still a very fun book, I think, with very engaging art and a very interesting story. Just, please, enough Batman. I want to read about the Monkey Prince. This is this is a fresh new character, the first big fresh new character we've had in a while, I think, since Joe Moline, and that was an amazing book. Let's have that again. You don't need Batman. You don't. Nope. I don't care if it's in Gotham. Put it in, like, Central City. Somewhere else. Crying out loud. Anywhere would be fine. Yeah, 8.5. <laughs> I'm still enjoying this book so far. Just get out of Gotham. Heard. What do you think, Brandon? Uh, I would love to tell you what I think, but I unfortunately did not get a chance to read Monkey Prince number two. Um, but from the way that it sounds, not great stuff. So, uh. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, I have a better experience than uh, than you guys did. But it's a little disappointing to hear that. Well, Rob yeah, liked it. The I did. Monkey print stuff. I just I'm tired of Batman. But yeah. that's that has nothing to do with the book. That's just the fact that there's ninety percent of DC's weekly books are Batman. <laughs> well, it means it's the perfect time to go to your local theater and watch the Batman. 
uh, <laughs> yeah. out now. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> What's that? Yeah, I think it's going to be a minute before I go and watch that. But anyway. Oh, really? Different subject. Oh, wow. oh man. Yeah, no, I'm uh, seeing it tomorrow. First break I actually yeah. get in the entire fucking week, so I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to be tied up financially for the next month. So spending $80 to go to the movies on a Robert Pattinson movie. I don't know about all that. Well, hey, screw the family. Just see it by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I would do. Uh, I know they don't want, if, if I had a family, I know they probably wouldn't want to see it either. So, or they wouldn't want to see it anyway. So I'd just sneak up, watch it by myself. Oh, hell. Holly would definitely want to go. <laughs> yep, definitely. So, I mean, I am going to see it eventually, but probably, whew, that was loud. Probably not for a little while. But, uh, oh, so much for Gotham. Can we go someplace yeah. else? Yeah, I think, uh, speaking of the Dark Knight, we'll, we'll go visit some Dark Knights of Steel in DCOS number Woo-hoo. 5. Excellent. Uh, so this is written by Tom Taylor with art by Yasmin Putri with colors from Eric Prianto, another wonderful colorist, uh, with letters from Wes Abbott and a beautiful cover from Dan Mora, as is the go about with these covers Mm -hmm. Uh, so Bruce and Alfred have returned to the kingdom of El just in time for Zala to also return Zala if you're not aware or have not been following this book is Cal El's sister but Harley goes to see Queen Ivy of the forest to ask for aid in the potential coming war just as princess diana of themyscira flies overhead looking for zala to warn her that the kingdom of storms believes she killed the prince something that zala vehemently denies bruce confides in kal-el that they share a father and in retaliation cal stabs bruce with kryptonite and leaves him for dead and flies into the sky menacingly and evil looking claiming that people will pay uh and then not cool man not cool at all but what <laughs> is kind of cool is bruce is then found by an elderly farming couple named the kents jonathan and martha bum, bum, bum. So they finally get brought in uh so this this is going places i i did not expect uh honestly taylor has shown us he has many more surprises in his stories waiting for us and i am all for that just when you think he's he's shown us all the twists and turns he can muster he throws another one in and you're like fuck this is good all right and it's just beautifully drawn yasmin putri this is my first experience with her art and i am all about it where have you been all my life draw everything (laughs) uh she's been around for a while yeah no primarily drawing covers this was uh kind of her first major interior gig from from what i can tell I hope uh, she sticks around doing interiors because it is damn good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All in all, 8.75 for number 5 out of 10. I, I am all in on this series. Oh, yeah. I gave it an 8.75 out of 10, too. My 
dudes, when I heard about what DCOS was, Dark Knights of Steel, can't believe I just used an abbreviation, uh, I thought, cool, Taylor writing a medieval Justice League, right on. But this topsy-turvy take on the history and the personalities of the characters, some that no one would ever think of, it is flat-out awesome. I I would read novels written by Tom Taylor, as good as he is at doing this kind of shit. Plus, Putri and Prianto are flat-out murdering the art. The story is just plain cool. And let me throw in that Mora's cover, as usual, is just downright gorgeous. Too enthusiastic. Thumbs up. Did you get a chance to check this one out, Brandon? I did, yeah. Very solid stuff from uh, from Tom Taylor, as usual. Um, and, and Yasmin Putri, who I, I definitely think is is the real star of this, uh, this project, really just bringing her A-game um, to a book like this, and uh, I, I echo Rob's words. I hope that she continues to do interiors as hard as that uh, may be for uh, for kind of cover artists to make that shift. Um, oh, I don't uh, think she's having any problems at all. And after this, she's... I mean, how, yeah. how could they well, not say... They, yeah, I know they had um, Bengal doing the fill-in issue for the last one, so um, hopefully it's... Uh, can kind of remain a little more consistent. Hopefully. Hopefully. Well, that one got five stars. You want to drop on down to one star with the one star squadron number four, written by Mark Russell. Whoop, whoop. And art inside and out from Steve Lieber and Dave Stewart, with Dave Sharp on the lettering. Picking up where the last one left off, Red Tornado has to lay off half of the Heroes for You team. And until then, he's got to pay them in cash just to get them off the books. The board of directors wants to sell the company, and Kara thinks that she's going to be taking Red Tornado's place, but when she shows up at the end, she finds out that's not the case. This story is really bumming me out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The characters in it are really going through some tough times. Red Tornado is perpetually depressed. It's perpetually depressing. Me, my only hope, and, um, I mean, given the writer, Russell, I mean, I have a feeling that it will end happily. I'm hoping so, but so far, wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's written and illustrated really, really well. It just makes me sad. (laughs) It's a a good story, and I hope we get a great ending. Uh, I gave this a 7.5 out of 10 right there with you 7.5 as well and yeah it, it started out so funny but it is getting a little heavy and sad and it's it was hard to read not in a bad way but in a good way just like fuck man red tornado buddy you look creepy but shit have a drink I, it's it's still a great time though with very fun art uh, i'm still all in i i wish this was an ongoing almost as long as we don't start seeing people off themselves yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a few of them there. I'm a little worried about. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh it's it's definitely a sad one to read. For sure. Did you get into this one? I did. Yeah, it was uh 
I, I don't know if depressing is the right word, but yeah, it, it definitely kind of gets you down, um, especially when you go from something that's uh, a lot more lighthearted to uh, to something like this, where it's just like everyone's in a, a mess. Um, it's almost pathetic, but in yeah. a weird way, it is kind of entertaining to just see that. Oh well, yeah, no, it's entertaining to see our heroes that we do love to read. Yes, yeah. Um, going through real, real life shit. Yeah. You know, like not knowing how to, not knowing whether or not they're going to be able to pay the bills or being put into employment situations that they absolutely uh, hate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that, that, that starts to get a little too real. And then you're like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want to read about that anymore. Which is why it's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, all right, I think that's the end of our spotlight review. And you yes. guys ready to take a commercial? Yes, I am. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now, back to our program. All right, let's uh, start off with some of our main books for this week. Starting with a bit of a strange, but always... Uh, satisfying macabre little title, Arkham City. Josh? Yes, sir. Arkham City, Order of the World, Order of the World number six, written by the incomparable Dan Waters, Uh, illustrated by Danny, who is badass, colored by Dave Stewart. Aditya Bidikar brought us the lettering, and there was a really, really cool cover on this book from Sam Wolf Connolly. I don't know yeah, that name. I've never, I've never heard of this guy before. Um, Me, and and I'm usually caught up on you know a lot of the newer or maybe some of the classic like. Um, I mean, I don't even know what to call the style necessarily, but like that style of artist, I feel like I'm usually pretty up to date on that. But I have no idea who this guy is, so I'm gonna have to track it, him down and uh, yeah, it's lead everything gorgeous. you've ever done. <laughs> right? <laughs> share and share alike, my friend. Mm-hmm. But on to the inside of the book, Dr. Joy and the others are in the custody of Professor Pig, who is running his own version of the asylum in an abandoned meat processing plant. Strangely enough, Dr. Joy notices that those there are acting rather peacefully, the, the people that Pig's got as quote-unquote patients. Dr. Joy is really concerned about a him that Pig is going to release. But at this point, you got no idea who that is. The Ten-Eyed Man is isolating himself in a self-imposed cell, performing the last of the rites to return the madness to the skull of Amadeus Arkham. And he says that he can see that Dr. Joy will try to help him, but will ultimately betray him. Meanwhile, Dr. Phosphorus is giving a lecture to his love. And uh, what the hell is her name again? I forget. Um, it's compl- I'm completely blanking. Noctera? I just wanted to say Noctera. No, that's... that's <laughs> I just that's did. That's title. <laughs> um, no, I think it's Nocturna. I think it's Nocturna. Nocturna. That's what... Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, so Phosphorus is giving a speech to just her. And um, Dr. Joy asks if they care that he is about to be released. It turns out that the he is Azrael, and he is not placid like the rest of them. You can tell because Pig 
gives him his sword back and releases him and lets him out of his cage. And then Azrael murders everybody. He puts their dead bodies on display in a very religious looking arrangement where everyone is on their knees praying to Professor Pig. Joy splits and runs out into old ten eyes after she calls the police and he calls her out on it. That's how he betray. That's how she betrays him. Uh, she begs him to let her help. The cop who's, kid ten-eyed man wanted to take the eyes from comes in finds them and shoots the skull of arkham then dr joy jumps in front of the ten-eyed man when he shoots at when the cop shoots at him and then the ten-eyed man promptly escapes dr joy relishes in the fact that that he only gets that blah, blah blah i can't talk at all today Dr. Joy enjoys the fact that he's going to get one free night before they start to hunt him down. And then she dies. Oh, or does she die? I don't know. Shit. It looked, yeah, to me, that face that she had, it looked Mm -hmm. like she done bled out on the floor, man. I don't know. Yeah, I think think it's one of those, like, it might be an ambiguous ending. Because it it looks like... um, like, the way she's talking is definitely like, oh, yeah, I'm on my last legs. Like, this is the end. But she doesn't say, like, I'm going to die. She just says, I'm hurt, and I look like I'm injured. So, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to say. Um, I think that's why uh, I liked it. Maybe. I don't know if people go, I'm going to die right before they die. But you could be <laughs> onto something. It is comic books. You know, and all you yeah, really need to explain anything in like, comic oh books God, is because is comic end. books. Like, I... Yeah, I think I'm going to die. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this is a seriously heavy series, and I'm not talking about weight. I was made interested in the very first issue, though I was a bit iffy five years, or five years, five issues later with the finale, and this is one seriously good six-issue series. It's a little trippy, it's very dark, and it does leave a few questions unanswered, but this wasn't Elseworlds. This is main continuity, so I hope we find out more about the remaining characters left in Gotham that haven't died. Because just wow. I gave this an 8.25 out of 10. There were, like I said, some unanswered questions. Left me feeling a little cheated there. but And you know I'm picky about that. But 8.25 out of 10. I was sad. I was very sad um, because this, this book is leaving me. Um, right. I think I definitely have some abandonment yeah. issues because um, I read this on <laughs> Monday um, because uh, I, uh, I I just I remember finishing it and I was like, why do I feel so sad? Like, I mean, yeah, it's obviously it's kind of a somber story, but um, I, I just like I came away from it, I was like, I just I like I feel really unhappy. And I thought maybe I just wasn't happy with the story, but I knew it wasn't that. I think I realized I was just like, oh, it's done after this like it's finished there's nothing else it's over i just i got like i got like sad about that like oh it's really gone um which was just just i was like i had to process that for a second uh maybe i need to damn good story and and and, and schedule a a a session um but no it's like i I just i realized how much i'm gonna miss this uh this book and this this madness story um so i think It'll be a little while before I come back to it again and, you know, do my reanalysis of it. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I've wanted more. Like, I, I just want more out of this. Like, it was satisfying. But 
I need more of this this style um, before you guys you know go back and do another creator own book as I'm sure um, Dan Waters and, and Danny will do. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I was like. I'm going to miss this book. I really am. Um, Can I so. just, this is the first time I've ever read Dr. Phosphorus and going, dude, I love him. Yeah. No, he's great. <laughs> I love like the little like philosophical sermon that he's giving where he's like, uh, right? we are the, the sane ones. And, and Nocturna is like his hype man. Um, it's great. It's uh, just like <laughs> right. all these weird, like we're normal characters and just the, the madness of, of Gotham. I'm, I'm going to miss it. Um, I'm really going to miss it. Um, so yeah, so it was, uh, it was an 8.5 for me. I was, um, I was satisfied, but I'm, I'm sad because it's, it's not in my life anymore as an ongoing thing that is, um, I really hope they get a sequel or something. A sequel would be welcome, like very much welcome. Uh, yeah, I, I did not see that end coming. I, I too think she died, but it's very hard to tell when you don't see an actual dead body. Um, but beyond that I honestly didn't see how this could end at all I, I I didn't see it coming I just enjoyed the ride as it was going and yeah the art was very deep very interesting very attractive art is oh man yeah yeah it's a hell of a book and and if I can say something that makes me look stupid and <laughs> honestly I, I don't know why I didn't realize it I didn't realize it until when you guys were talking just now about Nocturna that it, it's the same character in this book and in Suicide Squad. I never made that fucking connection. Yeah, I feel so stupid. No, don't feel stupid because it's mm-hmm. it's not like Nocturna is a very widely popular character. And no. let's face it, these Unless are two... Jason Todd. Well, yeah. right. <laughs> but these are two wildly different, not connected at all stories. And honestly, we don't know where this lies in the timeline. So I'm not yeah. going to be too picky about a character appearing in two different places at once. Fair enough. Did you give a uh, score, Rob? This book, uh, okay. 8.5 8. out of 10. Solid run. I wouldn't mind a sequel, just like Brandon said. I'd take it. I don't. I just. I want. I want it back in my life. Like I'm. I'm <laughs> sad. They're gone. They. They. Yeah. They've left. They're not there anymore. What am I gonna do? Where will Where will my madness friends be, or where will my insane friends be um, next month? Uh, you could always pick up and go, go reread paybacks. That would be. <laughs> ah, it's not the same. You need, you need something that's a little bit more madness focused. There's quite a few out there, but yeah, I am definitely gonna miss this series for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever gonna speaking, miss Gotham though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of endings, I guess that's a good way to to go to the next one. Um, the, the ending of, of an arc, at least the ending of this arc, um, Abyss. Uh, that is, of course, Batman 121. The usual suspects involved in its creation. Uh, Joshua Williamson with art from Jorge Molina and Mikel Hanin. Um, and colors from Tomomori with letters from um, 
Clayton Cowles. It's uh it's a uh, it's a uh, it's an impressive lineup, um, but is the product as good as uh, the team assembled? Uh, well, I guess we'll have to wait and find out. The issue itself is is fairly short. Um, I don't know how you guys felt, but um, it wasn't a very long read, at least not for me. It flowed very fast. Um, but the the gist of it is this, really. I mean, you know, we we pick up off of our cliffhanger where the rest of Batman Incorporated had. Um, announced that they had teamed up with Abyss, that Abyss was now their leader, and that they would be working for him to get Lex Luthor. Their plan is to do exactly that, only Detective Kaya shows up with police backup. Um, don't know how she did that, given that I thought most of the police in Badnesia were corrupt, but hey, maybe she talked them into it. Um, so they get into it, fighting ensues, as you would expect, until Batman gives the secret code word, Club of Heroes, excuse me, um, revealing that... Uh, it was all a ruse that uh, the members of, of, of Batman Inc. were not actually working for Abyss or Lex, but they were uh, on an undercover mission all along. So there's your, your espionage stuff. And they turn on Abyss, who fights them for a little bit and then just runs away, um, which I thought was really funny. Like, almost unexpectedly so. He's just like, ah, you know what? Screw it. I'm out of here. Um, I don't know. There's like 1,100 Batman there. I'd probably run to it's <laughs> just like he's like I'm gonna kill you Lex wait oh no okay bye um, <laughs> but anyway um, Bats gives chase with some new technology added to his suit uh, something that I was, I was very happy to see because that new technology isn't really new technology is a bit of old no. technology and that is a, a refashioning of uh, part of Lex's suit to uh, light up his cowl uh, so that he can use the light against Abyss. Um, but it was a fun little callback to the fact that the, the uh, incorporated suit does have a, a light-up symbol that he actually used a couple times. Um, and I, I always thought that was funny. Um, so it's nice to see a fun little callback to that. Um, but anyway, he gives pursuit to Abyss. They fight for a little bit. Abyss says, you will never be as alone as I am, and uh, makes the forever alone meme face, if you've ever seen that, and then just runs mm-hmm. away. So Batman doesn't even really solve it, um, but there's some um, there's some further detective work to be done there, uh, as as the rest of Batman Inc. Uh, hint at, given that uh, they're pretty sure that this was not the only um, uh, experiment that had been run by Lex Luthor. And I'm sorry if I didn't mention it, but Abyss did reveal that uh, he had been uh, an experiment of Lex Luthor's. Uh, an experiment that was intended to create uh, his own Batman, um, and Batman Inc. was investigating whether or not there were more of those. Um, but they basically announced that they're just going to keep looking into that while Batman decides that he needs to fuck off and get back to Gotham now because he's he's had right. too much fun on his vacation and he needs to clean up uh, the Bat family's mess, uh, as is his, is his mission. Um, and I guess he does that because we get like a hard cut um, that's literally just like, we need you in, in Gotham. And then the next page is like, it's after. So I guess, I guess he had no problems then. Um, I I mean, I don't, like, we're keeping up with the Arkham Tower stuff, but is it just me or does that just take, like, all the suspense out of it? Because now it's like, well, we know what's going to happen, right? At, at some point when he returns, he's going to basically clean up the situation and then it's over. So I don't know. This is just a very, it was, it was a very weird way to kind of transition from, 
what I assume will be the big climactic end of the Arkham Tower storyline to, you know, what comes next with Shadow. It was just really weird. Um, where they're yeah. just like, I need you back in Gotham. Okay, we're done. You, you solved it over the course of a page. It um, turns out that anyway, light-up bat symbol is also a portable boom tube. I guess so. And also <laughs> is like a portable miracle machine from Final Crisis. Because <laughs> oh. must have had no problems. Because he, he doesn't even have like any scratches or anything. It looks like he just showed up, solved it, and then just walked away. It's very strange. Yeah. It's like a really weird, strange page turn. Um, anyway, I'm not going to harp on it too much, but basically, uh, Arkham Tower is resolved. Uh, Batman is, you know, has decided that he's not going to be so stolid anymore and will learn how to party uh, just like his son. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it with uh, the main story. We do get two, I, I would say three epilogues, really. Um, yeah, because there's the the Ghostmaker storyline, but three epilogues basically that set up some future storylines with Detective Kaya, um, Ghostmaker in in assisting Batman Inc. and uh, the third one tying in directly with the next issue, the setup for Shadow War and Deathstroke, um, who is hoping to keep Batman occupied while he makes his plans uh, for the underworld. I guess um, secret society of supervillains. Yes, uh, and <clears throat> the third chapter of They Make Great Pets is uh, very cute and very fun. Um, really just wraps up the story in that the um, like grandfather Kappa was the one who I guess had been feeding off of the grandfather's body and also had children that were trying to feed themselves a little strange but I think it would make more sense um, just reading it for yourself and, and understanding it um, but yeah not, have you guys uh, ever not, seen the the B movie from back in the late 80s early 90s called munchies I can guarantee you I have not <laughs> if you ever want to if you google the images for whatever reason man I saw those baby kappas and that's what it reminded me of <laughs> yeah. That's all I could see. Anyway, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you, man. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I was, I was at my end anyway. Um, but no, in any case, it's it's just a fun story with uh, with maps kind of running around in her Robin costume, helping out with uh, Batman with this this supernatural mystery that is afoot. Um, I can already see in my head. The poorly written, very stupid articles saying, though, look who's going to be the next Robin, um, as opposed to just enjoying a fun story as it is and just letting that be. Uh, it's going to be turned into this, oh, clearly they're sowing the seeds for the next one. It's like, no, this doesn't have to take place in any continuity. It's just kind of a fun thing. Let's just enjoy that and not speculate endlessly. But uh, no, all in all, it's... Um, it's solid. It's, I think this arc is kind of a weird one. Um, yeah. And I don't know how you guys felt because I, I, I ended up giving the, the main story an eight. Um, but I was just thinking about Abyss as a whole. And I, I saw some discourse about you know what this arc was meant to do, whether it was you know just kind of filler or... or if it was meant to set up these you know, greater 
um, storylines that might be coming later, possibly a revival of Batman Incorporated as a title. Um, but I don't know. It, it feels so strange because I, I just feel like a year from now, this like mini arc, which felt like it was going to be the beginning of a new era, you know, for 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 Josh Williamson and for Batman, is just kind of going to be a like a filler. A I mean, wheel spin. I don't know. It's such, it's such a weird thing because they they literally just announced you know that, that Chip Starsky was going to be taking over the main title in June. So I feel like everyone's mm-hmm. just going to kind of be getting ready for that, and this thing is just going to get pushed to the wayside. So it's a, it's a very uh, weird little scenario, and I I don't entirely know how to feel about it. Overall, I know exactly how I feel about it. I feel like this was just a waste of time that got Batman out of Gotham so that they could tell the Tower story. Um, looking at it individually as the issue, it was a really kind of good ending. A real No, let me rephrase that. It was a really good kind of ending to this little arc. Yeah. Um, apparently like to be continued fun. later. Yeah. Me too. It was it was it was good. It was written well, for sure. Not disputing that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, the ep- the epilogues of Ghostmaker and Clown Hunter being shown uh, that tells me that that's going to be coming back. Um, regarding Batman Inc., uh, I don't know. I don't really think that that's going to be coming back. Though we might. We, I think there's a slight small chance that we might see them show up again in the future, but I wouldn't hold your breath. I really think that this was just an excuse to get Batman out of Gotham for a little bit while all the other shit was going down. And um, now we've got characters that can be picked up later should somebody want to. But uh, Yeah, I, I, I think there's some interesting stuff that you could do with this premise of you know, all these abyss-type people in different countries um, that, you know, Batman Inc. has to investigate. But I, I don't know. I, I hope they do something more with it. And, and if they use that as an excuse to bring back the title, I have no complaints from me. But No, yeah, it's, I, it's, I like it's Batman It's a weird Inc. one. Yeah. It really is. Um, Batman figuring out that they were holding back when they attacked him, uh, and that's the only reason that he knew that they were undercover. Okay, I can take that. And him low-key offering uh, the cop, uh, Detective Kaya, I think that's her name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, offering her a hero position there. That was cool. I like that. Didn't expect that to be happening. The art was pretty as hell. Now, that's a given anymore. It was a good story, even though I wanted Batman out of Gotham longer than that. But ultimately, I do feel like the arc as a whole was just wheel spinning filler shit so that they could do more stuff in Gotham without Batman around. That said, the first part of the story got an eight for me as far as the backup goes. And as much as I like Gotham Academy, Academy, I am really tired of this. I can't place the timeline. It doesn't make any sense. Batman not keeping an eye on Mia when she's running around dressed like Robin and telling people that she's Robin that doesn't track at all. It looks good, but for me, the story, it ends up really dry and ultimately kind of pointless because this isn't going anywhere. It was just uh, just another pointless backup in a Batman book. That bums me out. I gave this one a 6 out of 10. 
Overall, I gave the whole thing a 7.25. The book as a whole was decent in the first part, annoying in the second. Uh, I'll start with the backup. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this this is a cute little story about murder and death. Uh, who knew that's exactly what I wanted? I sure didn't. But, yeah, honestly, I need to go and read Gotham Academy now. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this. This as a backup. Uh, it's really fun. It's really it was. Fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. And it just feels very weird. I agree that it was a lot of fun. But it still feels really weird to say that, knowing there was full-on people getting eaten by ancient Japanese <laughs> folklore creatures. Um, but in a fun way, you know. <laughs> it's, it's a fun you know. way that people are getting eaten. Yeah. Alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as for the main story with Batman, I, I've gone through it twice. I still don't know how I feel about it because I'm very conflicted. <laughs> uh, I, I gave it an 8.75 just as a number because that's Ooh. how I felt. I enjoyed it. And yes, it was a good ending, but I could not help but feel when I got to the the twist that it was an undercover mission the whole time. I was like, okay, well, this isn't this. I'm, I'm getting flashbacks of Williamson's entire Flash run, and it oh god, felt, yes, it yeah, it it just felt like a typical Williamson ending that was barely an ending and was just there because it. It did feel very rushed, and I didn't even realize, uh, even though I should have realized that, you know, Shadow War was coming up, so that this arc was going to be wrapping up, but it felt like there was going to be so much more to it, and I did not think this was going to be the last part of the arc. And yep. it just was. Yeah, there, there was uh, an epilogue with definitely some teases for more story in this story so to speak, but this this just didn't feel like a proper ending. But it did at the same time. It was really weird. Really weird. You so damn near gave it a 9. It doesn't sound like you're too conflicted. Well, it was a fun story. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed yeah, the story. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's really fun to read. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know. That's why I'm like, it's so, it's so confusing. It is. Because it, I mean, basically, what you said, Josh, is is absolutely true. It's essentially it's it's filler to get him out of Gotham. So, in continuity, you know, the the family can do their stuff with Arkham Tower, but out of continuity, in all likelihood, it's to you know give uh, Zdarsky and Jorge Jimenez enough time to get ready to you know break this shit down in in uh, in June. So it's, I can't it's wait for a, yeah, it's it's essentially a stopgap, but. It it doesn't feel like one. Like, you know when you'll read a filler arc that's just like, you're just like, oh, whatever. Like, yeah, this is clearly just kind of to fill space and to put something on a shelf. Right. But this, so it's I, like, I don't know. It's like, like a, a filler arc that's worth reading. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's exactly, it's a filler arc that's like really fun to read and worth reading. <laughs> but, Especially if you were a fan of Batman. But ultimately pointless. Yeah, okay, It's it's like... I would recommend it if you're looking for something to read that is fun and has um, Batman in it. Um, but if you said, like, tell me what's going on right now, like, what's important, I couldn't recommend it, right? Yeah, that's... Because it's it essentially pointless, right? Yep, yep. It so does, that, that's, I think that's why it's so weird. It ties into the main continuity without meaning yeah, anything I'm, I'm at all. 
I'm not saying it, everything has to have this greater, larger importance. Lord knows there are tons of, you know, out of continuity or else worlds or, or even just, you know, kind of uh, not quite as relevant arcs that, uh, that are just as enjoyable, sometimes even more so. Um, well, but sure, but see, those ones aren't it, in main continuity. Well, I mean, sometimes this it can be, is. yes, but it's it's like it's like usually. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, like um, like five years of sixth, flash. The, uh, no, <laughs> I, I was thinking more like um, just thinking of like a recent example, like the sixth Forever dimension, Force. which was one of the arcs from uh, Snyder's Justice League. The sixth dimension, you could basically not read that, and and he would be fine. Um, if you were trying to read the, you know, the greater metal, death metal saga, um, really all you need to know is that the World Forger, or whatever the hell his name is, joins the League at the end. But it was one of the best, at least most enjoyable stories they put together in that entire series, because it was kind of just like a let's just have fun and do our thing. But again, that, that was a weird one that's like, okay... If I was trying to recommend this as part of a greater story, I couldn't because it's not really that important. But if you just want to read something that's fun, it's all for you. So I don't know. I guess it would just depend on your tastes in the end. Like if you're someone who's preoccupied with it having a greater importance on the you know tapestry of the DC universe and all its many continuity you know laced stories and all that stuff, then yeah, it would probably feel like completely irrelevant to you. Um, but, you know, if you're just looking for something that's an enjoyable kind of one-and-done story, then, then, uh, then this is for you. So I guess that's where I am in the, in, the, in the final analysis. Yeah. It's a filler story that's not going to make you go, why the fuck did I read this? Yeah, it's like... But you can yeah, keep basically. up with everything Batman, everything Batman, without ever even looking at a page. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Like, you would be fine skipping it, but if you read it, you probably wouldn't hate it. Like exactly. Fun, but you would know that it's not important in the grander tapestry, um, even if that's not something that you care about. I don't know. This It's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, it is. It's... Yeah, there's a part of me that almost it's as weird as that. finding a story where people are being eaten by ancient folklore monsters as cute. Yeah, <laughs> it's like pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I I feel like I've talked myself to death about this. <laughs> it, it's definitely one that I'll agree doesn't have much importance right now. It's definitely a filler story, but I, I I will put yet at the end of that sentence because there is that epilogue that does tease stuff in the future, and we don't know yes, where that's going. Yeah. So it could eventually have greater meaning. Shit. At this point, we have no idea where anything in Gotham is going. Exactly. (sighs) Speaking of which. (laughs) But there is Um, one thing. The one thing for sure I can say about this. Fucking fantastic art throughout. Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. I hope you guys want to stick around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jorge Molina isn't going to go anywhere. That dude's going to have work yeah. forever. He's going to work I as long so. as Perez did. I think, I think um, he's, uh, he's, he's really come a long way. Oh, hell yeah. But uh, You guys want to get away from Batman and get into some Batman? Oh, jeez. really. <laughs> I am so Are you sure? You don't have a choice. 
<laughs> or I guess I should say you don't have a choice. I don't um, have a choice. <laughs> I, I am right in the thick of things with Gotham City yeah. right now. Because it is time yeah, so what's for going everyone's on? favorite mystery book that doesn't have a mystery. Detective Comics number 1055. Or 1055 for all you numerical geeks out there. Uh, so for this is from writer Mariko Tamaki with art by Amanke Noahelpen. I really hope I got your name right. Uh, with Pretty close. from Jordi Belair. Letters from Ariana Maher. And a very nice cover from Irvin Rodriguez. So remember we were just talking about how it was weird to have a cute book with lots of murder? Yeah. Well, guess what, kids? It's time for murder. <laughs> we finally reached the point we've all been waiting for. It's that fateful 24th day of the tower being open. And Dr. Ware has taken his final fall onto the pavement outside. Or was it a car? It was something. He fell on something. Anyway, doesn't matter. Inside, he fell yeah. like a million fucking stories. Yeah, he no. should just be applesauce. He's, <laughs> he's yeah. dead. Yeah. He's like, he's, he's yeah, he's applesauce people. in the street, like the comedian. Yeah, yeah. he's Doctor Ware, not like Doctor Joy. There's no ambiguity going on here. He's he's Doctor no. Ware over there and over there and over Dr. there. Ware, thank you. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back inside. <laughs> Uh, things start getting a little hairy, not for Dr. Ware, but for everyone else, as Mayor Nakano's wife is being hunted down, but Huntress saves her and then ends up fighting Mr. Freeze. Nightwing, who has been carrying psycho pirates down an elevator shaft, then comes across the fight and steps in to help take Freeze down, but ends up falling down a giant ice hole in the floor himself. Koyuki Nakano was then found by Psycho Pirate, who does not want to hurt her because he was supposed to save her and everyone else, but he failed. And now he's just sad and scared for his life. Now they're hiding. And upstairs in what was Ware's office, the lead psychopaths are met by Nightwing, surprisingly, who was captured and carried by none other than the Scarecrow, who was supposedly in this tower the entire time. That was a bit of a twist. That was a surprise. Unless that was telegraphed and I just missed it. I don't remember seeing Crane's name anywhere on any list or Scarecrow showing up before this. So that was cool to see. A bit of yeah. Tamaki's overall or overall arcs coming together. Um, wait, was... No, Scarecrow wasn't part of Detective Comics, right? Scarecrow was in Batman? I don't remember now. Yeah, no, he was in Fear State, which... Um... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't hate this idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't hate this idea that he's kind of like using the chaos of the city to kind of uh, exact his revenge, as he says. It's, uh, yeah. it's not bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're finally getting back to the story we started with, which I'm happy with. It is definitely more interesting now, but I personally, I don't know how much I care because I, I. I've said a lot. I take the title of this book very seriously. It's Detective Comics, and overall, there was barely any mystery here. And I blame that solely on the fact that issue seven was issue one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, if there's if there's one type of story I can't stand, it's when you give me the climax at the beginning and just you know do a record scratch and say well i bet you're wondering how i got in this situation well not anymore i really don't care anymore i would have loved to have seen it start that way (laughs) (laughs) i bet you're wondering how 
No, Wouldn't that have been a great start? <laughs> like a, a bubble coming out of his mouth as he's yeah, just about like... to hit the pavement. <laughs> if 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 it if it had been like the first scene that we saw was like um, almost almost like a comedic version of Watchmen. I'm just gonna keep referencing that because it reminds me of that. It's like we start with like. Um, him basically falling out of you know the tower um, and then going splat, and then the caption is just like, "Yup, that's me." I'll bet you're wondering how I ended up in this particular situation. That would have been a great start. Yeah, I would, I, I would have been hilarious. I probably would have been more appreciative. <laughs> yeah, I could have had Doctor Ware as like a silent narrator the whole time. Oh man, I don't know. It's, I, like I said, I, there was barely any mystery after they unraveled that. So, uh, I'll speak about the backup while I'm here. Uh, so the backup was oh my god, what was the title? I forgot to write down the title. It's, uh, it's House, House, House of, of Gotham. Gotham. Yes, House of Gotham. Uh, it's from slash Wayne. Matthew Rosenberg. Yes, Slash Wayne. Uh, it's from writer Matthew Rosenberg with art by Fernando Blanco with colors from Jordi Belair and letters from Rob Lee. So our mysterious boy has become a little more grown up now and is living in the end times, supposedly final crisis, but it's really hard to tell. Uh, he's living. Uh, see, I got with... no man's land vibes off yeah, of that. No, this is uh, this is a good old too, no man's but... land, but with that earthquake. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I honestly, I because I got the idea that the entire planet was ravaged based off of the that graffiti saying where like where Superman kind of deal. Uh, in No Man's Land, Batman told Superman to fuck off. This is his city. Yes. Oh, oh man, yeah. that issue is hilarious. Where where yep. literally Superman shows up. Yeah, like, I'm sure you know. Is like Superman shows up, tries to help, and then he's literally just like, "This is too hard. I can't do this. Gotham is so terrible." Um, yep. It's it's so funny because it's just like, oh yeah, I've been able to do all this stuff in Metropolis and and all this stuff, and literally right. couldn't handle a day in in uh, in NML. <laughs> I can go to War World and like seriously war with me and five of my friends planets. against Mongol. Yeah. I can fight I, my way out of the Phantom Zone. I can work my way out of Red Sun and Green Kryptonite. But Gotham? Nah. It's too hard. It's too hard. It's too hard. It's too sad. I can't do it. It's too sad. I, I, I can't do it. So he just fucks off and is like, Bruce, you handle it because I can't do it. I don't know how, but you, you just do it. It's, it's just so funny to me. It's insane. Oh man, what'd you give the bad guy, Rob? Uh, oh, I'm not done uh, explaining. Oh, it yet. <laughs> well, my bad. Sorry. Um, no, no, that's like, uh, uh, yeah, basically that our mysterious boy is, he's living in a camp with other teens and then uh, collecting food, and then Killer Croc comes and steals all the food, and then he has to go get the food back from Killer Croc. But then all the teens he's with runs off, but he knows Waylon, and Waylon knows him, so they reach a deal to help each other out. And the first favor asked is to take out the poet, who is the man running the camp. Uh, so, honestly, the fuck's going on? Where the <laughs> hell is this going? I want this as the main story. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, this should be the main story. Because this this is, honestly, to me, infinitely more interesting. Because there is a mystery here. Who the hell is this kid? Why is he so important? 
it's not even badly written. It's not. It's just taking so damn long. And I want to know who this kid is. It's bugging me. Now, He's back to our program. You know by now. Oops. <laughs> oh. oh, man. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's okay. Yeah, this is, to me, it's a much better story. The backup gets a 7.75. The main story gets an 8 out of 10. There's, fuck it, 7.85? I guess that's in the middle. That's really weird to say, but yeah. Um, yeah, I like the backup better at this point. Even though that, that Scarecrow twist is interesting, but there, there's another four parts to the story. Where the hell's it going to go from here? I just want to know who this red-headed kid is. Well, where is it going to go from here? I think that could be summed up in both of the stories. The first one, and we're back at Scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> we just got done with this dude. Is is Tell me, is this going to end soon? I mean, it's really nice to look at. The art is just great. The colors are amazing, but shit. Can we please be done with this tower already? And leading it to Scarecrow and more fear rhetoric? To me, that was seriously disappointing. Tamaki writes every single one of her characters so very well. She nails them all down. But the story itself? It blows. And next up is State of Fear. Does that sound familiar in any way, shape, or form? A big, fat, capital UG. I gave Detective, only because of the art, I gave Detective a 7. And as far as the backup goes, I am done with this Red X shit. No, he's not in this issue, but it's the same fucking ploy. The identity of this kid was driving me nuts. But now that's the only thing we're having going on. The rest of it is just time jumps. And I have the feeling that the two of you are right. This kid isn't going to be someone or someone big in any case. It just it doesn't feel like that's a possibility anymore. It's all right. I'm just seriously tired of this plot device. Though I feel like the art in this issue is better, we're not getting any any clues at all as to who he is or where the story is going, and that makes me feel as though it's going to end with us not knowing who he is. He's just going to be somebody that either goes up and is in Gotham or he's going to die at the end of it, and ultimately leaves me bored. I gave that a 6.75, because I didn't like either of them, I dropped the ultimate score for the whole issue down to a 6. Because right now, I feel like I'm chewing on stale bread. I'm done with it. Happy birthday. <laughs> Brandon? Brandon? Hello? Yeah. Oh, there you are. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, guess I must have cut out for a second. Um, no, I, I don't hate it. Um, it's not bad. Um, it's not great, but I do think it's been on an upswing since the first four, which for me has been a lot more interesting to read because it feels like it's it's really been moving forward. Um, that's really how I feel about the main issue. Like, it... it there's not a whole lot to say about it otherwise. We kind of I've already had the major reveals. There's not really much of a mystery at this point. It's just seeing how it wraps up, um, however that may be. Um, and even though we already got that spoiled in, in Batman, it's I don't know. I, I feel like 
my tension has kind of been deflated in a little bit. So it's not bad. It's just, it's not really like, I'm not at the edge of my seat because I already know how it's going to end now, especially. Um, Boring. I'm like, yeah, obviously you knew it was going to end with like, oh, the heroes win because that's how it always ends. But like, I don't know. You could give me a little bit of of suspense in in, uh, like, oh, wow. Who's going to return in the in the, you know, most desperate hour? Well, now we know. Um, So, yeah, it's fine. Right. I think I give the main one an eight. Like it was entertaining enough. Uh, The backup is I think was better this week than it has been. At least I enjoyed it more. Maybe that's just because I, I like the setting of NML. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's it's still yeah. It's it still hasn't really hooked me in the way that the initial premise did. Now it just it really feels like it's dragging its heels and and uh, and there's really nothing kind of remarkable to say about it. Um, no, it's I do hope this stretching itself out, out be, for no reason, like City of Bane. Yeah. I, I, I do hope this kid doesn't turn out to be like anyone memorable because I, I I think what Rob had proposed was a, was a good idea, a child that you know is essentially raised by Gotham and its various disasters and events. It's not a bad idea, and I think making him into some you know memorable villain would be a, kind of a bullshit way of 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 um, I don't know trying to turn this story into something that it's not um which is again it feels like it's just a story about what it would be like to literally grow up in the madness that is gotham which again it's not bad it's just i feel like it didn't need to be 12 parts right you could have done this in five or six um or four and i understand the need to touch on different points in the city's history but at some point, it just feels like that's all it is. It's just kind of an excuse to say, like, oh, hey, do you remember NML and Bane and uh, Jason Todd? And I'm surprised there wasn't a, a Deacon Blackfire cameo when Jason Todd showed up or, or any of the Christ, other right? you know various villains from you know, Gotham's history or something like that. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm surprised the kid wasn't recruited to join Deacon Blackfire's cult. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like it's kind of like trying to remind you of moments that you enjoy because you enjoy the stories, not because the story itself, this story, not, you know, like a story like NML or anything else, this story itself has just kind of become unremarkable. So it has to kind of rely on um, moments from um, Gotham's history that you do remember and you go, oh, I remember that. So clearly that means I like this story or something. So I don't know. It's um, it's it's unremarkable. That's that's really all I have to say. Um, so that got a, a seven for me. So the average probably seven point five. That's about how I'm feeling. Fair enough, I suppose. But uh, let's get the fuck out of Gotham, guys. I agree. Please. What's the what's the it, furthest we can go? Hard. What's the furthest place from here? Which is a great title that you should read from Image Comics right now. Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. Just saying. (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't know about you, but if I had to go as far as I possibly could from the disgusting, horrible, crime-ridden city, probably find myself in, uh, I don't know, uh, somewhere like uh, Earth-7, 
And I'm sure if you're listening to that, you're probably thinking, what the fuck does that mean? You're going to a different earth? How is it even possible? Well, it's quite possible if you are a member of the, uh, the Justice League Incarnate as our uh, next book. Uh, just so happens to be that very team. Um, so this is the final issue of uh, this little miniseries. Um, really more of an event miniseries, I would call it, but, uh, uh I, I guess, yeah, it feels like an event, but, uh, it's, it's really, you know, it, it has the namesake and, and focus, I guess, of the team, but it has the scale and, and, uh, epicness, I can't believe I just said that, of an event, um, but anyway, uh, you you know the deal by this point. It's 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 the same team. It's Josh Williamson, it's Dennis Culver, with art from Andre Bresson. This time with Jesus Marino um, and uh, colors from High Five with letters from Tom Napolitano. Um, you get a sad little backstory for Darkseid. Boohoo! He lost his wife and now he hates humanity, uh, which I guess is supposed to be some kind of um, justification for him getting real mad at the empty hand, uh, which he does as he shouts and fires his Omega Sanction. Uh, unfortunately, not sending him back in time, but seems like wounding him enough that he uh, momentarily falls back. The rest of the Incarnate, uh, as we had previously established, had been taken hostage by the Great Darkness, but thanks to some... I don't even know what to call it. BS physics? Is that, is that right, a word there I you can go. coin on this, on this show? BS Bullshit physics. physics. Yeah, BS I physics like it. Um, from uh, from Doc Multiverse and uh, um, Avery Ho, where they, and again, this is their words, not mine, um, use the vibrational frequency of Avery Ho to broadcast some kind of signal or sync the vibrations to the rest of the team so that they can momentarily lose their um, uh, lose the possession um, of the the great darkness. I don't even know vibrations. what that means. That Change makes no vibrations. sense. And I'm not I'm not I'm not expecting real physics. But even I had to laugh at that one. It's like this is just so. Like I, 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 sometimes you sometimes you don't even sometimes you don't even need to use the techno babble. Just say like I'm just going to use my powers and solve it. Like I can buy that more easily than. I need to sync the vibrational frequencies so that we can disrupt the signal. It's like, oh my god, no. Enough. Enough. Enough with the techno babble. This is adventure bros. Um, in any case, uh, which actually actually does its techno babble pretty entertaining, but that's a comedy show, so you can expect True that. enough. Um, yeah. Um, but the, the long and short of it is um, with the rest of the incarnate freed, they are now able to turn their attention to the skies where the crazy monumental battle between the Empty Hand and Darkseid uh, is, is taking place. Um, Darkseid is lured in by the Empty Hand uh, to face him in his own realm like an idiot and naturally falls prey to the darkness. Um, and Orion is, is sort of, um, you know, hoping that uh, in the midst of their battle they can destroy the Oblivion machine, um, but they don't really think they can until Thunder steps up and says, I have a solution. I'll blow up the planet with my thunder. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. Um, it just, it's like, it's, it's so silly. Um, but at this point, you kind of just have to roll with it. 
because it's just like, okay, all right. Aside from the fact that it doesn't matter how much thunder or lightning you unleash upon any planetoid, there's no way in hell that you can destroy an entire planet. Whatever. Anyway, I'm, I'm not even going to get into it because we've already gone on enough of a tangent about it, but it's just like, oh my God, it's Have so we? ridiculous. Um, but in any case, they, they are, they're all like, oh, well, you know, before we destroy this planet with, uh, with thunder, we need to, you know, help our friend, which was kind of our goal from the beginning, Barry Allen, who's seemingly lost beyond the crack um, in, in the other universe, or at least they don't know that. Um, so they momentarily go in uh, and follow the, the portal that the Empty Hand had left behind, um, and they don't end up in a black void like Darkseid did. Instead, they end up in a very strange, archy-looking, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it, Zipatone, uh, four-color world of, uh, of Earth Flash Point One, where good old Bear Allen is, is mowing the lawn with the, the nice uh, 50s car in the background, perfect idyllic middle America, um, even though the, the rest of the incarnate are like, Barry, we need to go now. Like, the world is falling apart, and we need you, and we came just for you. And he's like, uh, I don't know you guys. I'm living my, my lovely... Um, 1950s lifestyle, and I don't really need to, to deal with you guys anymore. Um, Wearing his Pariah, Flash costume, mowing the lawn. Yeah, which, again, is, is also incredibly silly. Um, but uh, something oddly charming about him just, like, mowing the lawn in the, in the red and yellow. Um, but Barry really doesn't want to go. Um, a good reason. I mean, the world is a shit show right now. Why would you want to leave their beautiful paradise? Um, Pariah is the one who kind of steps in and says, uh, maybe you guys should just let him be. And in fact, why don't you follow me? And I can give each of you your own world um, where you can live in peace and happiness. And honestly, that doesn't sound like a bad thing, um, considering how shit the rest of the multiverse is right now. Um but thankfully, before any of them even think of taking Pariah's offer, uh, Multiverse zaps them the fuck out of there and says, yeah, no, we're not falling for this crap, uh, and gets them back to the Ultima Thule, where they take off as Thunderer explodes the planet with his thunder. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, uh, that happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, it one did. Final, yeah, one final, uh, one final note. Um, Kind of a big reveal, um, or at least was for me, and, and maybe I'd forgotten something. Um, we get our, our little epilogue, um, catching up with uh, good old Darkseid in the, in the void right now, um, who's sort of being, um, I can't even say gently prodded, who's basically being forced uh, to fall back in line with the Great Darkness, um, you know, in, in his kind of defiance of the Great Darkness and, and uh, trying to seize the, the Darkness's power for himself has at this point completely backfired, and he has now become an agent of the darkness. But that's not the big reveal. The big reveal, at least for me, uh, was finding out that um, one of the key agents of the Great Darkness was none other than Pariah himself, um, which I thought Pariah was just going to be like this, you know, uh, separate figure doing his own thing, trying to craft a new universe because he had been so disenfranchised by the events of Crisis on Infinite Earths, but now we can confirm that he is, in fact, an agent working directly for the Great Darkness, which will lead us directly into the death of the Justice League in, what, like two months from now? Um, so now we know who all our yeah. players are. Now we know which side is evil and which side is good and where everyone is going to be. We've, we've lined up everything perfectly. 
uh, for our, our big uh, Justice League story coming soon. Um, I didn't hate it, honestly. I, I hated the last one. Um, no, that's not true. I, I deeply disliked the last issue. Um, but I didn't hate this one. It was... I, I gave it a lot of shit um, because there are elements of it that are very silly um, that feel almost comical, um, especially Thunder trying to blow up a planet with Thunder. Um, That's typical I, I Williamson. Just, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will not be able to get over that. I'm sorry. I, 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 well, I will because, you know, I'm a normal person uh, most of the time. But I just something about that was so silly to me where they're just like, uh, I have a solution. I can blow it up with my Thunder powers. <laughs> it just... It's like, oh my god, this is so ridiculous. Um, Don't use the no, speed I, I, force or you're going to explode. Unless you need to use yeah. the speed force because you won't explode. But don't use well, it because you're going to blow everything up. It's it's like it's like the equivalent of saying, um, I'm trying to think. Like, I know how to stop the. I'm trying to think. Like, yeah, like I I I know how to stop the Earth's core. I'll use my water powers to cool it down, and and just like something about that is just so ridiculously silly at points that it it, it becomes like a like a cartoon show. Um, but no, I I didn't hate it. Um, contrary to to what you might believe, I I actually ended up scoring it as as an eight point two five because for as much as I disliked the last one, it was a fairly decent wrap up. Um, that you know I was like eh. It was kind of fun at moments, um, but I don't know. In terms of getting me excited for what comes next, I don't know that I'm there. Um, I don't know that I'm sold, I should say, um, where I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to see you know, how, the, how the great darkness is going to encroach upon our heroes and just you know, really put them to the test. I, I, I'm more just like, yeah. That's um, that's happening, so I guess we'll see what happens. I just feel more like I'm I'm just kind of waiting for it. I'm not excited for it. I'm not overly excited for it. Um, it's it's just kind of there. So the story again as a whole wraps up fairly well, but it, it, as set up for what comes next, I don't know. I'm uh, huh. not entirely there. What about you, Rob? Um, I was honestly expecting Dr. Backman to make an appearance here, but I guess he's just gone back to Flashpoint world in time for the Flashpoint book. I guess that's what happened last issue. I honestly thought he was going to make another appearance. I, I think he was on the cover even, so it was kind of confusing. Um, yeah, I don't hate it either. I really don't. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing maybe finally some stories from the fourth world now that orion seems to be running both the armies of uh apocalypse and new genesis so that's a bit of a shake-up that's i think yeah. that's very interesting oh my god i almost Supposedly, completely forgot about maybe. that I don't know. i'm yeah. so sorry it's because it just it happens so fast it that did. It did. I, That's I the thing. like didn't even it, it hardly even registered in my mind. Grail literally yeah. turns to him and is just like, "Well, father's not here, so you're in charge now." And then that's the end of it. Yeah, 
Like yeah, it just it happens so fast. Weird. Yeah. In itself, why would Grail just willingly give up? The yeah, entire Grail just falls in line. Her enemy. You think she'd <laughs> want to challenge the throne? Yeah. yeah, I don't know that that part. That would be good weird. character work. Yeah. Uh, all in all, I, I, okay, I gave it an eight point five, but the the main story by itself was ended kind of lackluster at moments, while interesting at others. The one thing I'm just very interested about is this group of characters at the back. And Brandon, if you listed them, I, I, I missed it. I apologize. But there's two I don't recognize. One of which I know I recognize, but I can't place the name. Uh, yeah, I did not, um, just because I oh, kind okay. of wanted to keep that as a surprise. But, I mean, do we want to, you know, do we want to spoil that? Do you wanna? Do you wanna? Do you really wanna taste this? <laughs> I mean, that's up I, to I'm you guys. You can do whatever. I don't care. I'm always under the impression if you're listening to this, chances are you've read the issue already. Yeah. Um, or well, you're, or you're listening, so you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I couldn't make out exactly everyone, but it looked like. The full roster was the Empty Hand, the Upside Down Man, um, Necron, um, yeah. um, uh, I almost forgot his name, Eclipso, Pariah, Doomsday, and I think the guy with the fin might be Despero, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, that's I mean, who I honestly, thought it was too. The guy in front of uh, Doomsday... I didn't even click that that was Pariah because I didn't think Pariah would be part of this lineup. But yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. It, um, it may not be Pariah. I wasn't like I wasn't a hundred because it looked like it might have been a different costume. But I I, I just thought it was because of the like hair and everything. But it could be Neron too. I wasn't sure. Oh, it might be Neron. Yeah, because the costume is different. I'm looking at the page before, mm-hmm. and the the costume Pariah is wearing is different. Um, you might be right on Despero. The fin looks a little like Omac, but everything else about it looks like Despero. It's got to yeah. be a big, bad, bad guy that's been involved in a crisis. Yeah. Is Despero Everybody else there has been. Well, a crisis type event, like Death of Superman, yeah. that kind of thing. I mean, I can't huge, think of a, of a huge big bad epic storyline that Despero's been in. Maybe there's something in J- in Morrison's JLA, but I don't remember. Desperate I think you might like be picking the right bone there, man. But I don't. But I don't, anyway, I don't remember if that was Despero or the Key. Oh. Yeah. The the point is, there, there's a character here that it's Savage Dragon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, we already have our Savage that, Dragon that analog and, and Dino Cop. Yeah. Um. It looks like there's a character here designed and picked specifically to kill each member of the Justice League. Like, Doomsday has killed Superman. Necron can easily kill a Green Lantern. Um, the Empty Hand has had many clashes with not just the Justice League Dark, but through that, Wonder Woman as well. Um, or not not the Empty Hand, the, the Upside Down Man, I mean to say. Uh, yeah. And the Empty Hand is just vast and powerful. And you have Darkseid there who could kill anything. He's killed Batman. There you go. So there's tons of potential here. Uh, and it starts to make sense 
how and why the Justice League would die going up against the Dark Army if this is the Dark Army. He did uh, not kill Batman. I sent his ass back in time. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, was like, that's dumb as hell. Always, always that's... gotta remember the the little details. Because oh, um, I okay, I recently reread Blackest Night, and that's what always bugged me. That if he wasn't dead, then why did his skeleton? Put on a Batman costume when the Black Ring turned on. Oh, I know they sense that it wasn't really him, but then why the fuck was he wearing a Batman costume? Or are they it actually was... going with the whole idea that Bruce yeah. Wayne and Batman are two entirely different entities, and there's like two different <laughs> souls existing in that body, and Bruce Wayne went back in time, but Batman stayed dead. Fuck off. It, it was <laughs> exactly. it was and and Final Crisis is an event that I just I, I could not stand when I first read it, but for me at least it is aged like fine wine. Um, it is. It I is wouldn't go just, that far, it's, but it's gotten better. It's it's an event for me at least. It's it's aged like fine wine. It's it's an event that I feel like I had missed so much on the you know the first time I I went through it and it. I still feel like I'm finding new layers to just uh, love about it, but there's the one I think piece that that always has just felt so ridiculous to me, which was the idea. And I know this was just because they didn't want to kill him permanently, but the idea that the dead body that you know Superman is lifting in that iconic panel of him holding the skeleton with the bat costume is a manufactured clone made at Command D that. I guess just happened to decompose enough that the skeleton was intact as well as the bat suit, and, that, and aside from the fact that it just doesn't really make any sense, um, it, it just felt like such a, a right. silly idea. Um, yeah. I, I don't hate those issues actually. The, the tie-in issues where Bruce is kind of like undergoing experimentation at Command D uh, are brilliantly written, but um, just that idea, that concept of like, oh, it's just a, a decoy in a fake suit was just always so ridiculous. Fuck yeah, you said Everything final else crisis aged like fine wine. The road home aged like lunch meat on the sidewalk. I don't know. <laughs> I, the The ending of of the road home actually, I think, has has aged even better for me because I there was the first the first time I read it, I was kind of just like, oh, okay, I I think I get it. I'm not really sure I'm there. Um, but no, I mean the the road home, at, at least that ending of of. Um, him just kind of realizing that, uh, what does he call it? The first truth of Batman, um, that I was never alone. I love that moment. That's like, that, that felt like it made sense, especially in the context of that story where the only way that he ever would have been free of the, um, the Omega sanction at that point would have been, you know, because of the intervention of the Justice League and Tim and everyone else. Um, I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I get that. I, I get what you were going for um, at the end. Um, so sure. I, that that part of the story, I think, is actually aged better than than the first time I read it, um, which is one of of many reasons that I enjoy a lot of Grant Morrison stories. They they always, even if you don't love them initially, at least for me, there's there's always something to come back. To. <coughs> anyway, we're we're getting off topic. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, it's a fun read, but as a whole, um, I don't know this. Uh, this uh, this this series doesn't have me like feeling the hype. It just kind of has me like, oh, okay, it's coming. Cool. We'll see what happens. Rob, did you give some numbers on this? Um, eight point five out of ten. It, it was gotcha. enjoyable enough. Uh, way better than the last issue. I I still All wouldn't right. mind seeing this team in a, like an ongoing or even a cartoon. Oh, definitely. Might be cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Want to know my take on it? Woohoo! Five issues that meant absolutely shit. This could have been done in a one shot. None of it was fucking important. None of it. The only good thing that came out of this book was calling Thomas Wayne Dr. Batman. The rest of it was boring as hell. I am looking at Batman. I am looking at Justice League Incarnate. I'm looking at the entire Infinite Frontier arc. And all I see now, all I see is him repeating every fucking mistake he made in his Flash run. None of this is going to matter. never let that Flash run die. My God. It was five years (laughs) of one of my favorite fucking characters (laughs) never having a single story arc clinch up. Never once did one of those story arcs (laughs) wrap up. My God. Five years. I... Put that at four dollars an issue. I almost admire. I almost admire the grudge that you can hold for this run after five. I'm so mad at him it's, it's at admirable. this point. None, I wish I none could be of that his dedicated to anything. None of his arcs are wrapping up. None of his arcs actually matter. Everything ends up bland, and we already know, for a matter of fact, that the Justice League really is not going to die. Nothing Williamson does is of any we know we we knew they weren't actually gonna concept but did we know that batman was gonna go over there to take out abyss just to let him leave and not fucking worry about it well i was more concerned with the um again i was just like (laughs) he just i guess just is able to solve the arkham tower stuff immediately without any kind of um and any kind of mention is that oh wow that was really hard it's really just like oh no i'm done Yep. Next. Boring. <laughs> Which made me laugh. Um, Boring. But, it's uh, suspense, suspense. Oh, that doesn't happen. Suspense, suspense. Nope, we don't address that. Suspense, su- suspense. Well, this story's done. That's Williamson's <laughs> writing style. And Williamson, you are officially joining the fucking Trinity. I got no use for you. I am so, so disappointed that I know for a fact that the rest of the Infinite Frontier part, part three, is just going to suck. I, I'm so upset with that. It Damn. bums me out to no end. But Williamson is officially on my Tom King, Brian Michael Bendis, and Riley Rosmo list. Oh, you blow. You really do. You've got great ideas. You've got great ideas, but you've got no concept of how to follow through with them or write an engaging story. You have great ideas. You have great setups. And then everything else that happens is completely 100% inconsequential because all of this is going to be undone by the time it's all wrapped up. And that's just more money. It seems like it's money. just for these stories um, that, that you see. Just for these the stories. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 like I said, I have a tendency to kind of deep, go on a deep dive uh, with a lot of these creators just to see, like, okay, if there's something that I liked, what... What else? Give give me something in DC. Um, yeah, give me it, it, something in DC like, that he's actually provided a, a conclusion to an arc with. Um, Batman Superman had a pretty solid ending, at least for who are the Secret Six. Um, Where did that I, go, know, though? For the most part, I, I well, it wasn't. It, it was sort of a, a contained story. It wasn't meant to be this big anthemic thing. It was just like, hey, we're just kind of establishing, you know, Batman and Superman solving the mystery of the uh, of the Secret Six. Um, Robin, of course, feel like that had a pretty, you know, solid ending. Um, Ish. 
I mean, and, really? Uh, it... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like he's some kind of like huckster. Like, oh, we just, you know, oh, 100%. Like, oh, we, he's a, um, perfect word for it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it definitely sounds like you're a little, little bit, a uh, little bit harsher on him than than, uh, than I would be. Um, but no, I've I, been I mean, optimistic. As, as someone... His setup, the beginning of Infinite Frontier. I'm like, holy shit! I'm, you've, bro, you've totally changed my mind about you. With Batman, same thing. Justice League Incarnate by issue three, I was like, oh, this is actually getting good. Four or five, boom. Nope, none of that matters. Batman, none of it matters. Nothing matters that this dude writes. Even in Batman and Superman, that's not interconnected to anything. So ultimately, it doesn't matter. Well, Williamson is disappointing to me. Story, I don't know. It's well, like, I, I didn't really have a problem with it because it was it was just kind of doing its own thing. Um, and I didn't feel like it, it had to be this, um, you know, larger interconnected narrative. It was just like, no, they're just kind of oh. solving the mystery and, uh, and doing their thing. Um, Fine point and, you uh, made there, but Infinite Frontier is large and con- interconnected. Yeah, they Infinite gave, Frontier they is, gave, a, is definitely a different bag. They gave but, the keys uh, to a, the kingdom to a car with no brakes. Got no I, clue. I, I think you're being a, a little bit harsh, but uh, you know. All right, uh, we'll see how this all ends up. Opinions. <laughs> I don't we'll know. I, 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 don't, I don't hate him. I've uh, I've I've certainly changed my tune. I think because while I I was not the biggest fan of of all those arcs on Flash, um, although I, I don't think them. I have anywhere near as big of a crutch about it as you do. Um, there, there's like, I think a number of stuff that I can look back on and say, yeah, I, I feel like you've actually delivered some solid stories that I've enjoyed. I think I talked about, um, I, re- I read Birthright recently. I still haven't finished it. Um, so Lord knows it could go off the rails, although I don't get the sense that it will. Um, but Birthright was something that I felt like for the most part has been pretty satisfying, um, and ghosted, um, kind of a little shocking title with, uh, uh, Williamson and um, um, I forget the other artist who's a part of it. I want to say David Gianfelice, but um, yeah, both of those. Like I, I came away, I was like, oh, this is actually like not bad. Like you are a, a more competent storyteller than uh, than I might have uh, um, initially written you off to be. Um, as long so as it's know. completely one hundred percent self-contained. Well, yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't feel like every story has to have a greater importance. Like, unless, yes, it is an Infinite Frontier-style story that is tied into the greater universe. But, hey, if it's an enjoyable, you know, uh, Batman-Superman story doing their own thing, then I can't really complain. I mean, Lord knows how many Elseworlds or, or you know, smaller, um, less relevant arcs we've read that are, are just as enjoyable um, and, and don't necessarily have to tie into the larger tapestry. So I, I, I don't really up, hate that. Um, if you're set up um, to be the tapestry, you should have your shit together. And yes, his if, isn't if it's even a in larger the one and, and, and it feels like it's not satisfying, then yes, I can understand that. But um, yep. I feel like there are certain instances that I can point to at least that are like, okay, yeah, I feel like you can deliver um, when, you, uh, when you need to. So maybe this wasn't it for, uh, for you, but uh, um, like I said, <laughs> no, it, definitely it, it, not. it didn't completely sell me. I didn't think it was terrible. Um, but for me, this feels like a worse version of Countdown to Infinite Crisis. I gave it a five point seven five. 
This story might not last. <laughs> Doctor Batman is forever. Doctor Batman, like I said, it's the one thing I can, that came out of this that I love, and <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad if every single writer that ever touches him doesn't refer to that. Please do that. It will bring me joy deep down inside. <laughs> I want him to adopt that moniker. That would be sick. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. It really would. Now that would be fun. Ugh, onto the good titles, right? I'm just kidding. War for Earth 3 number one. Um, before I get into this one, I want to say that Every single one of the variant covers for this issue are flat out amazing. Gillam March, Liam Sharp, Gleb Melnikoff, every single one is outstanding. The cover for this one's pretty good too. Written by Robbie Thompson and Dennis Hopeless, which is the one word I would use to describe my preconceived notion of all things Earth 3. Um, art came from a really great team. Steve Pugh, Dexter Soy, Brent Peoples, uh, Matt Herms on colors. The lettering had a team too, and I can't remember. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, I can't remember the last time I saw a lettering team, but that was Josh Reed, Travis Lanham, and Simon Bolin. Uh, the cover came from Rafa Sandoval and Alex Sinclair, and again, that one was pretty kick-ass too. This starts out with a public celebration honoring the crime syndicate, and it looks like Ultraman and Power Ring are the only ones in attendance. They are. Ultraman takes off, burns up people that were praising him, and then Power Ring looks on, admiring, laughing, and saying, Noise! In Earth 3, Metropolis, Waller's Suicide Squad team shows up and she makes Brainiac 666 change match into his Bizarro version and then they quickly take the city from space. Power Ring watches Waller do that. But Ultraman is watching Gotham instead. Where Superman, or excuse me, Superwoman, has Owlman tied to a bed with her lasso for a little bit of freaky-dakey. Ultraman angrily tells the Emerald Knight to take care or excuse me power ring to take care of the problem while he flies off again power ring goes and he promptly gets his ass kicked ultraman shows up at the owl cave he starts busting shit up out of jealousy waller jacks into the owl cave to let them know that she took down power ring so ultraman sends owl man after her Dinah, as soon as he shows up, takes out the owl wing, or shit, I don't know what to call that. It's his flying craft, and he steers it right at her while crouching, but Matt shows up and stops it. Of course, Owl Man lives through that. Waller pops into the cave again via the screen to show that they took out Owl Man too. Meanwhile, Flag Suicide Squad is being taken out by the clay, the clay face from another mother, <laughs> and pretty quickly, too, uh, with the help of the Phantom Zone portal that they open to try and send it away. Back on Earth 3, Ultraman and Superwoman go to Metropolis, where Match keeps Superwoman busy while Waller asks for Ultraman to talk. Rodriguez puts Clayface to sleep after she injects herself with a serum and turns into... Sandwoman, I guess? That's not infringing on Marvel copyright, is it? She makes a joke about not having her clothes on anymore, but then she still has her glasses on. That's weird. Uh, the plan that Waller proposes to Ultraman is to let Ultraman be a god amongst men, 
while she handles all of his distractions. Like Owlman, Utalan breaks the back of at her command. Flag Suicide Squad goes through the portal to Earth-3 and are promptly met by Waller's new team, for whom she wonders what she'll call. And it consists of Match, Ultraman, Power Ring, Talon, and Black Hand. Thank you for reminding me who that was, Rob. You can tell that Hopeless and Thompson really, really did their homework here. They give them good voices for the characters speaking, but I'm still, I'm just, I'm not excited about this at all. That's the biggest problem here, is most everything that happens over on Earth 3 always seems inconsequential, and with the crime syndicate, even less. Looking at you forever evil. I'm reading it because of how tied tied in it is to the rest of the so many other titles that I do or have enjoyed. But without a podcast, I wouldn't have picked this up. It's an Earth 3 book done better than I have ever seen before. But that's not saying much. And I will have to wait until the end to see if it's remotely close to decent. So far, it's just a setup for an Earth 3 story I really couldn't give two shits about. Though it does. And I really, truly, honestly mean this. The art is 100% gorgeous. War for Earth 3 got a 5.75 for me. Well, said the best crime syndicate story. That honor will always go to JLA Earth 2. That's just a a phenomenal one-and-done story. A classic JLA um, from uh, from Morrison and Quitely back in 2000. Um, But I don't know. Every other time they appear, they're usually as a plot device as they should be because they're not very interesting characters on their own. Um, Again, with the exception of of JLA Earth 2. But they were really plot points there, too. They weren't so much... They were more like caricatures like what would the most stereotypical version of an evil superman look like which again i think is why that story worked this is more like uh it's like a battering ram it's like uh let's just like mm-hmm. fuck shit up um and, and and blow stuff up um and for as enjoyable as that was surprisingly because i i had you know minimal expectations for this Oh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, um, no, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, for as as, uh, as as silly as it could be at times, I, I, I don't know, I, I didn't hate it. Like, it was, it was just kind of, like, enjoyable. Um, and uh, that was it, really. Like, I don't know. It was just kind of like, oh, wow, they show up and there's madness and... Uh, Amanda Waller is really trying to call the shots and everything, and I don't know. There, there was there were moments to enjoy about it, but I don't know that I would call it memorable. Um, it's more just like, uh, yeah, that was kind of fun, and then I moved on to the next book. So, that's my score, by the way. Uh, I moved on. I moved on. <laughs> oh boy. <sighs> well, I suppose the next issue. Is part two. Rob's going to take care of that. Rob, what did you think of this part one? Uh, yeah, it's it's more interesting than I thought it would be because after Suicide Squad recently, going into this, I was less than enthusiastic. Uh, but hell, I got Thomas Wayne Jr. fighting Thomas Wayne Jr., which is a fight I never thought I'd ever want. So <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> um, I'm just very curious where the 
Flash and the Titans come into this because normally with crossover events like this when you have books that kind of just get thrown in they're at least mentioned in the first part or two but so far there's been nothing and the next part is the Flash so I'm very confused about why and how either books would end up on Earth 3 uh, more battering we'll ram find out yeah um yeah I, honestly i didn't hate this first part i gave it an 8.5 out of 10 but Oof. seeing as part two came out in the same week i will hold judgment of the entire story so far until we get through the second issue here is suicide squad number 13 oh what a lucky number for this story uh, so this is written by Dennis <laughs> Hopeless and Robbie Thompson with art by Dexter Soy, Eduardo Pancica, and Julio Ferreira with colors from Marcelo Maiolo, letters from Wes Abbott, and a cover from Rafa Sandoval and Alex Sinclair. And Josh was right. The alternate covers are gorgeous. Yeah, the main covers hardcore. I am very confused about because they have the... If they're, they're connecting covers. I haven't said this. I need to fucking say this. It's bugging me. They're connecting covers. But the cover next to it is also in the cover on the left. And it's just... Like, you have... Why is Flash in two covers? Fighting Mirror Master in two covers. It's really annoying. Because he's at two places at once. Uh, just like the Flash. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this part two. <laughs> Flag Squad has arrived on Earth 3 to take down Waller. Uh, you might remember that from War for Earth 3 number one, but they will go over that many more times uh, because they are quickly overpowered by her new squad, which is combining the crime syndicate and the existing squad members. Peacemaker and Ambush Bug teleport away. A flag, mirror master, and bloodsport escape through the mirror dimension to a laundromat to recover and regroup. Talon and Culebra take Owlman to his base <clears throat> to find out what he knows, but apparently he doesn't know much. Turns out he's an idiot. Uh, so when Culebra goes ghost and possesses him to read his mind, March and Nocturna, no, not March, Match and Nocturna are taken to hell by Brainiac Etrigan, or Brain. Brainigan? Etri- Brainiac666 is his but, official name. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to call him that uh, that that smart demon. Uh, Brainigan. But the, I like that one. Bran- no, Brainigan. Yeah. <laughs> is that Brainigan? Just Jerome? So I like that one. Oh, God. He's my favorite character. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah, if ever there was a perfect character of just William Shatner's Kirk, it's, oh, it's, God. it's so good. Uh, where was I? Yeah. Brain, brain again, Bretrick. Yeah. That smart ass <laughs> demon. Uh, it's too busy. Um, yeah, the, he took them to hell. He took match and Nocturne to hell, but they're too busy making out to give a shit. There's fire all around them. There's demons coming after them. Like, nah, fuck it. You're hot. I need to kiss you right now because apparently priorities matter. Anyway, Doctor right. Rodriguez, on the other hand, was taking on Ultraman, but he uses heat vision to turn her to glass and then shattered her. Uh, but she's alive because now she's been captured by Waller and held in a glass jar. Meanwhile, Peacemaker and Ambush Bug go to Ultraman's 
Fortress of Solitude, if that's what it's called, to find the one weapon that can bring him down, and they find it just as Superwoman arrives. She takes them down with ease, and then goes to recover the weapon as Johnny Quick, fresh from death, speeds in and takes it away, leaving Black Siren left to use her sonic scream and bring the fortress down around those trapped inside. I know I said earlier, if there's a story I can't stand, it's a story that takes the climax and puts it at the beginning, but there's another type of story I can't stand. It's a story that jumps around too much. It's hard to keep track of, and that's exactly what part two was. It was all over the fucking place. I couldn't follow it. There's there's the past, and there's the present, and then there was hell, and there was making out. and I just, what the hell was happening? What oh, was yeah, oh my on? God. I literally forgot that it happened for a second. That they made right. out in yeah. hell. They yeah, that matter of fact, until he match. said it, I forgot too. <laughs> yeah, I literally <laughs> forgot that happened. It's one of the few things that stuck out in that entire issue for me because I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Why are they doing this? Your team is dying. Uh, Snap out of it. Obviously, you <laughs> care more hell. about it than I do. <laughs> Uh, I mean, to be I, fair, I, I haven't looked at this about... issue since Monday night, so <laughs> to be fair, yeah. I probably don't remember <laughs> all that fair. much. But I, I, I don't even really want to call it caring about it; more just mildly annoyed that it happened. Fucking right! <laughs> oh my god, the the only cool part of the entire issue again goes with Talon, uh, Culebra, and Talon messing with Owlman, and no. <laughs> Yeah, he's a dumbass. <laughs> I, I yeah, guess that makes sense. computer. This is a TV Batman. screen. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, this this was a this was a. I barely want to call it a comic book. This <laughs> it was a book. Oh Jesus. Yeah. It, I mean, they really laid the stupid on Owl Man and explained to me how the fuck he built the owl wing or whatever that's supposed to be called. Yeah. Like, anyway. if, if you didn't have a whole backstory for this version of Owlman, I'd be like, yeah, totally, that's 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 funny, yeah, mirror version of Batman, he's an idiot, yeah. But like you said, he he has all this tech he has to learn how to use. He's still a, a master detective. He's still an excellent crime fighter. He can't be that much of an idiot, you know? Where he just oh, yes, he doesn't know how to have a computer. Versus a friggin' TV. Like, come on. Oy. I don't know. What'd you give uh, it, Rob? Fuck. Initially, I gave it a six, but now I'm, I'm just... Oh, my God. It, four. <laughs> Fucking four and a half. Why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, this was not fun. How about you, Brandon? Uh, not terrible. Uh, mostly just, I don't know, like kind of a forgettable chapter. Like, for as much as I might have enjoyed parts of the War for Earth 3 one-shot, uh, this was kind of just like a, oh yeah, that did happen. Like, I remember parts of it, but I don't really remember it all that well, um, which is not a good thing if you're, you know, doing a this big bombastic weekly event, so... Right. Yeah, it's uh, what's what's an average score I can give? Like a seven? Yeah, it's like a seven probably. What's an average? Average means median, and on a scale of one to ten, that's definitely not a seven. 
it's like it's serviceable. It's like uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just serviceable. It's whatever. All right, that's a yeah. Sentence. Like it, it does what it needs to do. It it was not. I think the only time that it will ever give a score that is just horrible or or lack thereof um, is something like like last week's Steed Dites Academy, uh, where I can't even rank it because it it disgusts me. Um, but this did not do that. I so, give it a null. Um, yeah, I gave it a no score because it doesn't deserve to have any kind of number applied to it because it was terrible. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't even know what to say about this one. It looks good. I'm just not into it. I think ultimately this whole thing is going to be just as unimportant as Justice League uh, Incarnate. No one really gives a shit about any of these characters. I'm bored. The story is boring. The dialogue is better in this one. So I'll give it a six. But... Yuck. That's my entire commentary on it. Just yuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, is this I real? This book. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This this has nothing to do with you. It's I, we just oh. <laughs> I got a letter from the Dark Horse guys. I guess they're sending us some of the advanced stuff in March, and one of them is the Lobster Johnson omnibus, which is so awesome. Um, wow, that's awesome! That, that that has that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see Lobster Johnson in the Suicide. Well, I wouldn't, but that would be entertaining. But no, that, that has nothing. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it would be something, that's for sure. I do believe that's it for the books. You guys want to move on? Yeah, let's do it. I want to bitch about Suicide Squad more. That's what I want to do. <laughs> oh, I could do that forever. I could bitch about the whole <laughs> fucking thing. Since the get-go tie-in in, te- in Teen Titans Academy. The whole damn thing I could. Oi. Yeah, I could, could watch your book failing all day. I don't give a shit about your book. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) Oh, that was epic. (laughs) Yeah, now let's let's move on. Let's get away from this Earth 3 nonsense. Except kids falling off bikes, maybe. Fuck, I could watch kids fall off bikes all day. I don't give a shit about you, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, had to throw a letter Kenny clip in there because Rob made me. Uh, but all right, I guess it's time for the top three, huh? Yeah. I think Brandon's uh, eating his food. I think that's what's going on here. <laughs> I'll no, start no, it off no. Here. I'm waiting for one of you guys to kick it off. <laughs> all uh, right. Talk too much today. <laughs> uh, uh, my top three are uh, in third place. I'm going to give that to one star squadron. Mark Russell pulls it off, even though it is a sad story. It is still enjoyable. Number two, Arkham City, because holy shit, if you can handle dark and gritty and you want one that is dark and gritty and also with no Batman, Arkham City is the fucking place to go, man. It was great. Number one, of course, definitely has to go to what I'm considering a master class in high fantasy superheroes, Dark Knights of Steel. 
However, my favorite moment didn't come from any of those. It came from the very first book that we mentioned today, and that would be when I gave what Brandon would call a mediocre score. It was a 7.25, Batman Killing Time. And it was the line that Riddler said to Penguin. Feed a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Feed a man a poisoned fish, and he'll eat for a lifetime. Because, he, you know, he'll die. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. I thought that was a damn good line. Um, it surprised the shit out of me that such a great line came from Tom King. No offense. Well, maybe a little <laughs> bit of offense. But that's it, man. I am. Uh, I'm changing mine on the fly. I had it written down, but now that I've I've talked about the books, I, just, I I don't feel right putting my number two what I had. So for number three, I had Monkey Prince. I I've stated before I love the Journey to the West story, uh, the whole thing with the oh, Monkey yes. King. So to have the Monkey Prince as a character in my favorite comic book company, I'm all for. And no matter how much Batman is in it, I'm going to eat this book up like like it was. Like last night's amazing dinner. Uh, number two, initially I had Batman, but because I still just don't know how to friggin' feel about it, I am going to substitute in Arkham City Order of the World number six because that book was just amazing. It, it was simply an experience uh, and ended rather sad, but not in a bad way. Just, well, yeah, in a bad way, but you'll know what I mean when you read it. Uh, number one, I had Decost, Dark Knights of Steel. Nothing more needs to be said. Like Josh said, it's a master class in, in fantasy superheroes. It It's just brilliant. And best moment, honestly, I, I don't really have one. There wasn't anything that stood out for me this week, except for maybe the last page of JLI, because honestly, there's nothing cooler than villains in a silhouette standing together menacingly. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <Not wrong. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Where are you at, Brandon? Uh, top three. I had uh, Tech at two or Tech at three. Excuse me. Um, not bad. Just you know, kind of there. Um, I had Nice House in the Lake at uh, number two. Even though we did talk about this one, Nice House in the Lake is back, um, oh, and shit. it is just as exciting and engaging as it has always been. Uh, but number one, have a good old classic Brandon two-way tie between uh, <laughs> Arkham City, the Order of the World, um, and I actually pulled Batman on number one. Weirdly enough, my, my top pick, because again, for as weird of a arc as Abyss was, I, I did have a lot of fun with it. Um, and like I could definitely see myself kind of coming back and rereading it if I'm like, yeah, I want to read a fun four-part Batman story. Um, I just, again, as it fits into the greater tapestry of things, not quite as, uh, not quite as important, but sometimes who cares about that stuff? Um, but, uh, I think, I don't know. I mean, there were a number of, uh, of great looking moments in, uh, in Batman 121. Um, but I wasn't sure which one was my favorite. Uh, so I think I ended up settling on just that final kind of send off of uh, Batman and, uh, and Batman Inc. Um, where he's talking to El Gaucho and uh, he's like, you guys didn't call me. And he's like, would you have? And his only response is, hmm, 
Um, which is right. Like, yeah, that that it's sounds like about right. Taught yeah, you well. Like, yeah, I, he's like, yeah, I, I I probably wouldn't have called you. <laughs> like, let's be honest, I, I didn't call you when we were the Club of Heroes, and I hardly called you when we were Batman Incorporated. I only called you when I needed you. Um, we're not friends. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was um, yeah, it was uh, it was a uh, kind of a. Kind of, kind of a, a an entertaining moment, at least. Right on. Here a few weeks ago, we uh, we introduced something that I don't think we've touched on again yet, but I'm just going to throw it back out there. Worst line, but that's literally all of the dialogue from Batman and Monkey Prince. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. But anyway, I do believe it is time for... The biggest, biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. Brandon, who was on your shit list today? Uh, Suicide Squad 13. Very generic. Not terrible. Just uh, not all that interesting. And, and I really didn't remember anything about it once I finished. Yeah, that's never a good sign. <laughs> Rob? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, that's if it's no surprise. Suicide Squad number thirteen is is right up there on the stink list. And I was frantically looking for a line from that issue to be like worst line because there's got to be at least four or five. <laughs> yeah, right. I was just disappointed well, in the, the Batman the, dialogue. The, their Batman so is a dumbass. Did get a laugh out of me. I will give them that. That yeah. was that, true that enough. Was, yeah. <laughs> It was, it was kind of funny. Or just like, oh, seriously? This man is a fucking idiot? He's <laughs> be smart. What the hell? Right? Um, yeah. yeah. He's not even witty. Me, at least. <laughs> no. He's just dumb. He's just a dumb dude, bro. Yeah. yeah perfect. <laughs> perfect. Oh, and so is Power Ring, by the way. Yes. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Probably the worst like example of it. It, I mean, it was spelled 180 on his personality, right? It was spelled nice, but I couldn't help but read it as noise when he said it because he came across as such a douchey dude, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's he's almost he's almost acting like the um, the like I'm trying to think of of how to say it like the. Um, cosmic Odyssey version of John Stewart, like the that that brief period where he was like the, you know, like oh yeah, I'm the shit, I'm the Green Lantern kind of character, and then yeah. when Zanchi blew up, he became the stoic one because he realized like oh fuck, I just killed millions of people, um, so it, it almost felt like that, but it, I don't know, it's very weird because I think Nathan had pointed out it kind of was contradicting the story that the backstory that had been set up in, in crime syndicate. Yeah. Oh, uh, for me, this is certainly, certainly not like last week where almost nothing really needed to be on the stink list. JLI suicide squad and earth three all hit for the lowest, but with JLI ending, and doing it really poorly and pretty much showing me that we're never going to get a good conclusion on a big story from Williamson. I'm definitely putting that on my stink list, but almost for me, at least damn near the whole damn week could be there. Bummed me out a bit. It was a crappy week for comic books. 
I mean, we did have crossover and nice house on the lake. Well, cr- well crossover isn't DC, and nice house on the lake was. It well is damn good, yeah. and as hard as hard as it is for me to believe, I'm even going to say this. I miss Tynan, man. <laughs> <laughs> on Batman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I will say I definitely enjoyed Abyss more than I enjoyed Fear State, um, which no, that's was, true. Uh, just very, very messy. Um, um, yeah. No. I. Well. Mm, no. I, I. I can't even say that. I, I. I really didn't enjoy the majority of that run on Batman. I do think it's very interesting to think about. I will give it that because um, I, I. I've kind of like I've, I've come back to it a lot. Because I think there's a lot of interesting things about it, but as a whole, it just it was very lackluster, um, and uh, and and for as strange as Abyss was, I, I did at least enjoy it more um, than some of the other stuff that had happened. But at least for me, I I I I, I, de- I definitely don't miss that. I uh, I, I don't want to go back to another fear state. Oh no, but that's and and that's part of the reason why I'm shitting on detectives so hard. Because it sounds like that's exactly what we're getting. Except it's not fear state. Now, now, it's state of fear. Which is totally different because they throw in the preposition. I, I think that was supposed to be like a fun gaff, Like, ha ah, ha like state of fear, just like fear state. Ha ah, ha, like, whoa. Buddy, I don't we're, think Mariko Tamaki we're not, we're knows not, how to laugh. We're not, oh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know her personally. I can't. She, I can't she's just that. a very serious um, person. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I've never met the woman in my life before, so I can't speak for her comedy. Um, but, yeah, I think they were definitely trying to do like a, like a oh, uh, fun little nod, but obviously we're not going that far. We're not going to do a whole nother Scarecrow event. It's just like, oh, look, he's back. And, and the title is like that storyline we did a couple months ago that people didn't really enjoy. Anyway, I, th- I think we've uh, we've chatted about this long enough. Yeah, you're probably right. You want to take us out of here? Yes, uh, that will uh, wrap it up for um, today's program. <clears throat> As always, you can uh, check us out on anotherrobotpodcast.com. If you would like to see any of our other shows, we're putting up a lot of new stuff and new programs um, that uh, should be exciting to check out. Uh, But with that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other. And don't be a robot. Oh, man. I'm sorry if it bothers you that I'm so hard on Williamson. Oh, no, it doesn't bother me at all. It's just, I just, your your grudge is like, it is so fierce. I almost can't believe it. I don't think I've ever felt that passionately about shit anyone in my life i mean two hundred and forty dollars two hundred and forty dollars is how much money i spent on a flash run for five years and (laughs) the coolest thing that came out of it was was the forever force and stuff and then it disappeared bums me out hey you're preaching the choir man i spent (laughs) Christ, I mean, I don't know how much on, you know, how, however long um, James Tynion's run was on Batman. I mean, every single issue, even the, um, 
even the war zone, the Joker war zone one shot that they did, because I was like, hey, yeah, I want to support the run. I want to see it do well. And it never, I don't know, it never improved for me. So I, I, I know how frustrating that can be to really dedicate yourself to a run and it, it continually disappoints you. But I don't know. I, I, it's, it's almost admirable how much you can maintain that, that, uh, that grudge. Like I said, I don't know that I've ever felt that passionately about any creator in my life um, <laughs> Morrison, um, that I'm like oh I, 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 I fucking hate this or I fucking love it I mean I there are a lot of books <laughs> that I'm like oh yeah this is phenomenal I love it I mean you know I could talk for hours and hours about you know, a book like Black Mirror or Year One or The oh, Cult yeah. or anything um, oh but, such you a know, good I don't, I don't think to the degree what's that I said that's such a good one The Cult I love yeah, the, cult. the cult. Yeah, there's um um, oh man, did I did I ever send you guys like the the treatment that I did for like the the. Uh